What's up, guys, and thank you all for checking out this edition of New Generation Sports Talk. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a great show for you guys today. We'll be talking about the NBA wrapping up its regular season. We're starting to get a clear picture of, a clearer picture at least, of who will be in the playoffs, who will be in the play-in, who are the teams that will be going home after this week. So we'll break that all down. I know uh, I got to give a shout out to the Boston Celtics for helping my Knicks get into the postseason. I'm sure Kendall will have plenty to say about that. We'll also talk about the NFL schedule, which, which came out. Um, pretty interesting slate of games, especially when we look at the, the national TV games. We're back in London this year for the NFL. The Jets will be among the teams that will be out there. Uh, Falcons also be out there playing the Jets, the Dolphins. Um, and I think the Jaguars will be playing the second game in London. So we'll talk about all that stuff regarding the schedule. And yes, indeed, he is back. Tim Tebow is in the NFL he is signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he will not be playing quarterback. We'll tell you about the position he'll be playing and what that means really just in terms of him just having a job and, and the kind of statement it sends to the NFL and to the country as a whole. Really good stuff today. Excited to talk about it with my guy, Kendall Stewart, who joins me today. And Kendall, like I said at the top, the Celtics, after really looking like they were uh, in a position to certainly play themselves into the playoff situation is now seeing them play themselves out of the playoffs and into the play-in. And Jalen Brown now out for the season with the wrist injury. It's not a great start in terms of, uh, or not a great finish rather, for the Celtics and how the season is, is shaping up. Uh, No. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, not, not, not much positive to say about the way this, this uh, season has, has gone. For the Celtics, uh, outside of the fact that Peyton Pritchard was, a, was an excellent pickup in the draft, um, everything else has been pretty uh, uh, lackluster. Uh, if you're a Celtics fan, and I guess maybe Robert Williams has been a, a decent, decent bright spot for this team as well. But yeah, no, nah, uh, this has been a been a really rough season, um, you know. But at the same time, you know the Celtics were. The uh, one of the ten youngest, they're one of the ten youngest teams in the NBA, uh, the seventh youngest, I believe, and they're the only team in the top ten youngest rosters in the NBA that has a winning record. Um, they also had major bouts, you know, with COVID throughout the season. You know, multiple players with with you know lingering COVID effects uh, that they've talked about publicly. So, yeah. You know, it's been a it's been a been a rough been a rough season. Uh, I don't really I feel like this is more of a blip, but you know I, I think it's also um, it's also a it also it also a, a, an effect or, uh, or an accumulation of just the the loss of guys like Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and, and Kyrie Irving for essentially nothing. These guys all left in free agency, and you can't lose that kind of you can't lose all in the NBA where. Yeah. You know, you have your players' bird rights, and you can't really replace them. Um, you can't lose three players like that and not really replace them. And you replace Kyrie with Kemba, and obviously Kemba had a rough season. Can't you can't do that and expect to be the same team that you were? So, yeah, they felt the brunt of those losses. And look, I mean, Tatum and Brown have also been bright spots. Let's be honest; those guys have had excellent seasons, and you know, they've dealt with stuff throughout the season. Um, you know, and they're they've been able to still have excellent seasons despite that. So, um, 
those guys have also been bright spots and they deserve a lot of credit. But yeah, it's a tough, tough season for the Celtics. Uh, at this point, you know, never want to say you're tanking, but would not be fine or would not be uh, upset if we didn't, you know, win in the play-in game. You know, I think a lottery, a lottery pick would be uh, would definitely serve us good. Um, but yeah, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts about the Celtics uh, that you know we will probably end up getting to at some point uh, in the draft cycle. <laughs> <laughs> Ken was already looking ahead past the playoffs and. Yeah, going on uh, in this season. I mean, the one thing I will say about the Celtics is I feel like this Celtics season is not quite as bad. Uh, or excuse me, it is a, a worse than what this team went through last year. But it kind of reminds me of the Sixers season last season where it just seemed like, the, and I don't know if that means, you know, it's not, there's not going to be a coaching change. And I'm not even suggesting that's what has to happen. But it does feel like, you know, at a certain point, you kind of get to the end of the run with a certain collection of people, whether it be the coaching staff or the players, and then you just get kind of just just bounce out of the championship picture in your conference. And that's what we saw in Philadelphia last year. We know injuries play the factor, just like injuries are played the factor with the Celtics. But the Sixers just kind of had like a lackluster season all season. They kind of felt like they were kind of just going through the motions. They couldn't win a road game. And they got to the bubble and played terrible, found themselves in that Celtics series and just got run out the gym. That's how it feels like this Celtics season is gone for me. I feel like it's the same thing. It's worse because this team isn't even as – they're not even winning as many games as that Sixers team was last year. But it just feels like the same effect where a team that you looked at and said this is a championship contender but they haven't quite gotten it done in the last two or three years and you're kind of wondering if it will happen. And then they hit like just a brick wall and you realize something has got to change. Uh, the, the Sixers changed the head coach, made some some might I don't want to say minor. They were they they've been a big help to them. Some of the personnel changes they made. I mean, they didn't trade Embiid, Harris, or Simmons. Uh, they made some personnel changes. I feel like the Celtics coming into this offseason will will have those same decisions to make. It won't necessarily be the head coach, but some of these ancillary pieces around Tatum and Brown. I think they have to look at every single one and say, is this the right fit here, and can we upgrade? Because they're just not a good enough basketball team. There's no excuse for the the, the, the excuse me the, the Celtics to have two no question All Star players on their team uh, in the Eastern Conference. That's gotten a lot better, but still isn't you know a gauntlet per se. And you got teams like the Hawks and the Knicks ahead of them, uh, convincingly in the standings. That's that's a bad look. Um, it's, it's not been a good season. Yeah, it's at all. tough. You know, it, they rely too much on. Let's say I think they rely too much on young players. Um, and guys that, you know, they, they haven't particularly drafted great. Um, been some been some tough breaks in the draft order, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. But there's no excuse for, you know, having... If you're going to accumulate all of these draft picks. Um, and this isn't, a, this isn't a knock on the front office because the picks that they needed to get right, they knocked out of the park in ways that... Um, People were blasting them for when you talk about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Those were two picks that <laughs> they stared down the barrel of the gun and got them completely correct. Um, and those those <laughs> those are the ones that really matter. But when we're talking about team building beyond that, um, a lot of the guys on the bench that have struggled. Uh, you're talking about guys that you know were more recent draft picks. You know, Peyton Pritchard was an excellent pick, but. Aaron Neesmith has had trouble getting on the floor for most of the seasons, played decent recently, but 
Um, still wasn't a wasn't a great draft pick. Romeo Langford's dealt with tremendous amount of injuries, but even when he's out there, showing good signs, but um, can't have that guy being your sixth or seventh man. I mean, Grant Williams has had really an up and down uh, season so far. Carson Edwards can't really get on the court. Jamal Waters can't really get on the court. And, you know, Robert Williams again had a good season, but then you have Semi Ojale who's up and down. So it's just you know, and then those are the guys you're relying on to be your second unit. You know, not a whole lot mm-hmm. of veteran names that you know. You have Tristan Thompson in the starting lineup, but beyond that, a lot of young guys. So, um, and they moved Daniel Tice for Mo Wagner, uh, and I, I, I think a draft pick. I don't even remember what we got back for, for Daniel Tice, but it, it, very, very strange, uh, very strange bench that they tried to roll with this year. I think just the loss of Gordon Hayward. Uh, I think really probably caught them for a loop, but it shows you the importance of the second unit. Yeah, and having having a functional second unit, they they don't really have that. No, <laughs> and then when you got guys like Smart who've been out of the lineup, uh, Walker out of the lineup, even the, the top two guns out of the lineup, not getting that consistent play as well. You're not even getting that consistent play from your starters either. So that ends up being a recipe for disaster. But when we look at Kendall, the rest of that Eastern Conference in terms of the playoff picture. We now know after what happened on uh, Wednesday that four or five and six, we don't know the order yet. They're still playing this out. It will be some some order of Hawks, Heat, Knicks. Right now, that is the order we have, but Knicks can move up to four or stay at six. Hawks can go all the way to six. Miami can move up to four. None of those teams can be in that top three. But when it comes to looking at these teams in that mix, uh, which one of these teams do you feel like is 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 the the biggest threat um, to maybe knock off one of those top three teams, whether it be in a first round series or in a second round series? Between the Hawks, Knicks, and Heat, yeah. Um, in terms of knocking off a team in the first round, um, or or in the I second round, because because one of these teams right. may be playing each other and have to play against you know the Sixers in the, in the in the next round. Yeah, I mean, I think the team that these guys wouldn't want to see is, I mean, it's got, to me, it's got to be the Miami Heat just because, just from an experience factor. Um, they seem to be playing better basketball at the right time. Um, that could just be me saying that as a Celtics fan, um, having that, having them beaten us twice in the, in the last week. Uh, you know, I don't know if that says anything about them or says more about us. I don't know. But regardless, um, this this is a Miami Heat team that, uh, before the season, many people projected as a team that could win the Eastern Conference. They won the Eastern Conference last year uh, uh, and got to the finals. So it's not, to me, is it unfathomable for this team to go on a similar run? I don't know if they're going on a run all the way to the finals. Um, but in terms of beating... One of the teams in the seven game series. I mean, if you're talking about Milwaukee, you know, I mean, we saw what happened last year. So um, I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't, I, I, that would be the team that I think these guys, these teams are most scared of. Scared of. If you're talking about um, defensively, they've got guys um, both interior and on the perimeter, uh, they've got shooters, they've got late game, late clock situation scores um so that would be the team that i think i would be most uh 
both fearful of it. And they just got the experience. You know, the, obviously the Hawks and Knicks are two teams that haven't made the playoffs in like four or five years so uh, or more. So, yeah, I, I would go with the Miami Heat. Um, I, I think the Heat are probably the, the, the best bet as well here. Um, you know, the, the, the Heat is the team I want to play the most, by the way. But that's the team you want to play the most. I, I'll be honest. I think that all these, all three of these teams, I think are to me they're pretty close, which is why I think their records are actually there. I think the Heat, you definitely look at and say this team probably has the highest ceiling, um, because I think with the Knicks, we know what their ceiling is offensively. Though they've really become a really good offensive team, we we know at best what they probably are offensively. I don't think that scares anybody, but the problem is their defense is so so great. Um, with the Hawks, I think uh, we know what their ceiling is defensively. So even though they, again, similar to the Knicks, become a much better defensive team throughout this year, I think people feel like you could score on them. Um, I think with the Heat, what makes them dangerous is um, they're a very good defensive team. And I think that there's upside to their offense that I don't think people really can equate right now because they've played so up and down all season. And we saw what they did last year in the bubble, where they were an extremely highly efficient offensive team. So I, I think that they were the team I would at least want to play if I was those top three teams outside of the fact that they have all the experience of getting to the finals last year. But also I feel like they're the kind of team that has some dangerous scorers when it comes to uh, Hero and, and, and Duck Robinson, guys that have no conscience score on Dragic. We know it seems like Jimmy Butler, he almost seems like he plays the game. Like he almost feels like when he's out there, when I watch him play, it seems like he's playing his own game. Like, you know, we've watched him go full tilt and score 40 points in the finals and things like that. But he doesn't play like he's trying to get buckets like that. It's like he's on, he's almost playing his own game out there and watching these other guys grow confident. And that's helped their games. Obviously helped them last season. It's helped them a lot this season as well. And then Bam Adebayo, he looks way more healthier now than he was in the bubble He's one of the, the premier defensive players in the NBA. And he's, again, once again, really turned into a, a really tough cover, whether you play him at the four or the five. So they're tough. They're just a tough team, you know. Um, they obviously haven't had, I mean, I guess you could argue they kind of have had the same kind of season as last season in terms of, like, where they are in the standings. They maybe didn't meet expectations, but we know they can play up to the level of competition needed in the postseason. And we'll see how these standings go. But if you're Milwaukee, you already got in your head what Miami did to you last year. So Miami won't have fear going up against the Bucks, And um, and they're the kind of team I think that would take the challenge against the Nets and the Sixers as well. You know, So they would be the team I I, I, uh, I would be least likely to want to play. Talk about the Knicks, Kendall. Like, where do you see them? Because you said that they you, you feel like they have you, they, you'd rather see the Hawks than see the Knicks in the first round. What about the Knicks do you feel like makes them a dangerous team, if not as much dangerous as Miami, per se? To me, the Knicks are like that. The Knicks are like that playoff team that you're, if you're, you know, if you're any of those top three teams, you don't feel like you're ever going to lose to them. Um, and they're like, they could legitimately, they could get swept and it'd still be a very tough series. Um, mm. but I, I don't think that this is a team that you're going to blow out in any game. I don't know if you're going to run away from this Knicks team. They just play too hard. They play defense too well. And they've got, um, 
they run good enough offensive sets to to get good shots. So, um, and they've got a guy in Julius Randle who uh, who can who can who's a big time shot maker. Um, and and you know it seems like it's gonna go for it's gonna you can almost pencil in twenty and ten. It feels like so. I you know that that to me is why I feel like this Knicks team, you know, I, I like when it comes to if you're talking about them or the Atlanta Hawks, um, I feel like the Hawks, while, look, Bogdanovich is playing excellent basketball. Um, you've got one of the better point guards, especially offensively in the NBA, and Trey Young. Um, it, it 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 still feels like this is a team that, uh, and they've, they've clicked since since uh, Nate, Nate McMillan's taken over. Um, they, I, I still feel like when it comes to competing at that level, they're, they're, a year away um so uh maybe a piece away but yeah i think this i think this next team um i don't know if they scare anybody in terms of actually actually winning a series but you know because i still wonder late in games what's going to be there uh can they compete with some of these teams late in games milwaukee i think you can i think i think you're talking about a, a next team that um similar to the miami heat where Last year, I think Milwaukee, you know, Middleton was really the guy that they had to look to late in those games. Yeah, and the Knicks have played the Bucks well this year. Uh, they they might have swept them this year. They beat them twice, definitely. I know there was one yeah. game where Giannis didn't play, but they blew them out at the Garden when Giannis did play. Um, so the Knicks, I, I think that, I think of all these teams, well, I, I can't say it because Miami beat them. But, but like, I think right. the Knicks also... You don't want to play Milwaukee, but I feel like they 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 feel comfortable, <clears throat> more comfortable against that kind of team than I think a normal six seed would be. I don't think the Hawks want to see the Bucks on any level. Um, yeah, nah. No, I think that that's a, a, a that's a very bad matchup to me because I got Giannis being able to guard John Collins and uh, John Collins Ray. not being able to guard. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a and then it's not. And I say that say we both think highly of John Collins, but like that kind yeah. of matchup, you no, know, takes him away. You know, I think Julius Randle has shown he can go mano a mano with anyone. Uh, we saw him do against yeah, AD yeah. just Thibodeau a couple nights ago. Thibodeau so, is an elite defensive. Right, and we know he will scheme up a defense to be ready for Giannis, whether give, or not they stop yeah, him. Yeah, give him four it's really games, up to Giannis because that's how great he is. Giannis is not going to dominate. I think the one thing games. about the yeah. I think the yeah, one thing about the Hawks that, you know, is intriguing, though we don't know what it will be, is the offensive output, you know. Uh, I think if you ask me, like, which team, could we think about upsets, I think, in the modern era, you know, it's funny because we keep, uh, you know, we keep talking, we'll get to the West in a second. A lot of people were talking about how the Warriors this year, the We Believe 2.0. But to me, like, if there's a team who reminds me most of, like, the We Believe Warriors, it's kind of the Hawks this year. Like, they got a lot of guys who can score, a lot of guys who are confident. They're just young. That's the only difference. Like, that team was a, a veteran team. But they don't necessarily got a lot of size. They only play one big, per se. You know, I don't really count Collins as a big, really. Like, Capella's really the only big that gets religion in minutes. And everybody else are basically perimeter players. But they can score, and they can shoot. So, the, you know, the, again, the offense that they can put out there will be interesting but with them i'm just i'm so happy first of all i'm so happy that Knicks and hawks are gonna be in the playoffs because i really 
these are two teams. Obviously, I'm a Knicks fan, so I like watching it. But I think that this is a great testament to like here you have like the Knicks who play, <coughs> excuse me, as close to like old school ball as any team that plays in the NBA today. And when we see in the playoffs that even in these modern day playoffs, they still tend to resemble kind of like regular postseason ball. It's not the 80s or 90s per se, but it's not the track meet that we see the regular season. So with the Knicks, it's like, okay, like, will that help them? Like, will they be able to, like, be very comfortable in this environment despite despite the fact that so many players on the team that haven't played in the postseason? And the Hawks are like the epitome of the new age ball in terms of being a young team that gets up a lot of threes and gets up and down the court. Like, how will that team that has embraced, you know, new school ball with everything they've done with their front office and their coaching staff, um, how will they adjust to playing in a game that may get more slowed down and playing against an elite level opponent, potentially if they are playing against the Milwaukee Bucks or if they're in a second round series against the, uh, um, against the, you know, uh, the Sixers, you know, or the Nets technically, yes, they can still get it at this moment in time, though that could change obviously. So uh, that, 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 that to me is, uh, is interesting. So, um, when we talk about the Western conference though, West, it, but the West is weird because unlike the East where, we kind of know what the playing situation is. We've got the Celtics, Hornets, Pacers, Wizards having clinched as the moment we're potting, but I don't know what the standings. I mean, I know what the standings are from watching them, but I don't know what, whose teams are playing tonight. But I guess there's a chance they could clinch either today or to, by the time you listen to this podcast. Um, the West is still kind of like a crapshoot because Dallas is in. They're the sixth right now. Uh, but Portland and LA, they're still games to be played to the kind of determine how that will shake out. Portland has the upper hand. It looks like they have the edge right now. But then when you get to the actual playing situation, I think the 8-9 becomes very fascinating because you get the Warriors and Grizzlies basically locked up there. And if you're the Lakers or the Blazers, either one of those teams, I think it's very very clear. <clears throat> In that playing situation, you don't want anything to do with the Warriors. The, the Warriors are playing... Uh, really good ball. They've won four in a row at the time that we're recording this podcast. And Steph Curry looks like the best scorer in the world right now. He's, he's he's on track to win the scoring title, though he's in a tight race with Bradley Beal. And when you talk about a one-game situation, the Lakers have handled the Warriors for the most part this season. Warriors did have a really big come-from-behind victory early in the year. But the Lakers trying to get right some people have been saying, "Oh, you don't want to. You want to avoid the Clippers, so maybe it's good you play in the play-in." I mean, I don't know if I want to tempt fate like that to me, Kendall. Like, I don't know. Not at all. You know, like I don't yeah. know if I want to lose a game to Seth Curry, and now I got one game against the Grizzlies and Spurs. And look, I mean, if they can't win against those teams, they don't deserve to be in it. Like you would think they should be able to get that done, but I mean, it's just like March Madness. I don't want to be in that situation. Like I don't want to. Be in a situation where even if they do win, I mean, we watch, I watched the game where the Lakers played against the Knicks. It was, um, first of all, the, the, the playing games have brought us some barn burners of regular season basketball games. Just barn yeah, burners. Rocket, I was watching the Rockets Lakers last night. That's First of all, it's a game that I would have never watched. Right. This late in the season in any other, in any other scenario. But just the intensity from both teams. Yeah. Obviously, the Rockets just want to play spoilers. They got Kelly Olenek out there. Uh, you know, it's launching away. Forward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 
and the Lakers didn't have LeBron and AD, but still the intensity was so high. Yeah, and I watched the Lakers obviously against the Knicks, and and I mean that was a tremendous basketball game, and yeah, like so we we've seen great stuff. So when we get to those games in the playing situation where it's it really is like these are regular season games where they're playing against do or die. When you get in the playoffs and it really is do or die, I I just don't I don't I don't subscribe to that theory that the Lakers are better off avoiding the Clippers. So also, so let's keep it real. Mm-hmm. A lot let's of the it. people saying they don't want to play the Clippers are Laker fans. You know, and I wonder That's yeah, that's interesting to me. But I agree with that. What happened? To the energy, and look, I'm a Celtics fan, so I'm not afraid, you know, call out Laker fans. But what happened to all of the anti-Kawhi, anti, you know, the pandemic P energy from the from the Laker fans, and now all of a sudden are trying to finagle their way out of running into the Clippers? Why are you so scared to play these guys? I, to me, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know because I I don't think the Clippers are that great. I'm keeping a hundred. We're keeping hundred on this that's, podcast. That's, like that, the Clippers, to me, do yeah. not. They don't look like a championship team to me. I was talking to our brother Henry about the same scenario that we're talking about now, about whether or not the Lakers should uh, try and avoid the Clippers. And like I said, like I said last night, it feels as if the Lakers or the Laker fans and just Laker media or whoever feel as if the Clippers are like the Nets. Because as a Celtics fan, you know, being in, in, in a similar situation, I would have rather – I would rather – you know, I would have rather be. I would rather be in the playing game than have to run into the Nets if that was the, if that was the alternative. Yes, I agree with that. I I 100 you know, agree with that. If it was Knicks, I feel the same way. Yeah, if the Nets were the three and the Bucks were the two or the Sixers were the two, we were talking about. Yeah, I'd rather be in that playing game if you don't got to play the Nets. I don't look at. I don't look like. I don't look at the Clippers that way. You know, and I feel like, I feel like Laker fans do, and. I think they kind of. You think they kind of spooked from the fact that the Clippers had so much success against them last year, and I guess they had success this year. I guess in this year too. Yeah, they 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 always play tight games. Um, and look, I just think relative to the matchups, I think I do agree that I think Phoenix is a good matchup for them. The Jazz, I'm not as sure, but I mean, they, we saw this we saw this week, no LeBron and AD could do everything he wanted against the Phoenix. They 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 had no they had no answer. At the power forward position, um, for a guy like Anthony Davis, LeBron was not even out there, and they had no answer. What's going to happen when LeBron's there? I do legitimately feel like that is a great matchup for the Lakers. But with that being said, if you can get to that sixth spot, you try and get to that sixth spot because, like you said, so many things can, can go wrong in a in a seven eight scenario where, you know, like you said, you lose the first game. What happens if LeBron turns his ankle? or AD, more than likely, turns his ankle, and now you've got a one-game scenario against a team without one of your best players. Um, if that happens, if he turns his ankle in a four-game series or a seven-game series, you could figure it out. You know, maybe he's back <laughs> in a couple of days. Um, in a playing situation, I don't know what the schedule's going to look like, but I'm assuming it's one it's a one-day rest situation. Yeah. I, to me, um, this is... this this To me, you, you want to lock it in as, as best as possible um yeah you lock it in but get i the think ex, you get I, the extra get the extra rest yeah. also for those guys yeah because yeah, man that, ad yeah, that's, that's also like when, i don't, don't want to sound i don't argument. 
no, I was just gonna say I saw someone make an argument. Oh, you know, this team needs the extra practice. I'm like that. Is, <laughs> I mean, or the extra. They're like this team needs like you know the extra reps, the extra reps. You know, yeah. the game, the extra game reps. You know, and I'm like, I, I mean, not not in this, not this high intensity. No, <laughs> the intensity is gonna be way too They're high. Not, yeah, that's yeah, it's too that's apart. too that's that's too dangerous. Yeah, it's like yeah, again, like we've. I mean, this is unprecedented in the NBA. We've never seen. Postseason basketball is, is not technically postseason. I guess you don't actually make the playoffs, but it's not in a situation where it's win or go home. Like, like just not in a series, not in game seven or game five. It's you play this game, yeah, this and you, you, game you lose, you out right after the regular season. Yeah, yeah, you don't. That's not no. I'd rather I'd rather him get the rest, and at least you get the practice because they they haven't. You're right. They have been also complaining about not getting practice time because of the scheduling situation. Because they've had some back to backs, only one day off. Um, so they haven't literally had time to practice. So to me, you get that that practice time, which I, I don't think is nothing. Like I think that yeah, like I think you might, you know, you're not going to be running, you know, you know Pat Riley three hour you know <laughs> sessions. But I think you know, I think you can work some things out, kind of figure figure things out on the court on a much more controlled environment, and that could certainly help them. You're right. You're right. I don't think that a team that just went through the shortest turnaround from championship to regular season needs high intensity games early on when your best player is 35 and the other MVP Cal guy on your team is injury prone. I mean, Kendall, first of all, I don't want to sound like uh, Kent Bazemore, but I mean, Julius Randle was working out Andy Davis in that last game. And Andy Davis, I thought played tremendous defense against Julius Randle. But like you talked about the Knicks as being just a pain to go through. I mean, AD, he needed a he he had a serious ice bath during that after that game was over, because he was banged up. I mean, he was and like, look, when you guard as intensely and as uh, effectively as AD does, going back against a, a pit bull like Randall, that's a, a clash of the titans. But I, you know, he was definitely uh, worse for wear after the matchup was over. And you know, AD to me is almost becoming like the. Uh, he's like the modern day Vince Carter in the sense that, like, you know, when he goes down, I think he's he's never getting up. Every time he finds a way yeah. to get up, credit to him. But I mean, he 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 takes some punishment, and I, I don't see any again any scenario where we're talking about the goal is winning a championship. We're not talking about oh, we want to get past first round because that's 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 the the Clipper thinking that I don't understand. It's oh, but we want to we just we, you know the first round match we want to make sure that's good. And I know I guess obviously to make the playoff, to make championship, you got to win the first round. But you're yeah. trying to win, you know, for most teams, 16. I I don't see any scenario where a team that's this beaten up and broken down, you want to say, let's add two more games potentially. And, and the two gonna be as, will be as intense as game seven of the finals. Like, that doesn't make... AD got I don't, hurt a I don't times see, last I don't see, Yeah, he got, he got hurt against the Knicks. Like, I, I don't... The Knicks, they play back... Well, no, he didn't play. Like, yeah, you're right. The Knicks game, he got hurt a couple. Yeah, he times didn't play. Game. He didn't play last night, so he couldn't play last night. But it's, right, it, it feels like again. It feels like every time he plays, like he said every time he takes a bump, it, it's you're worried. You hold your breath, say, "What's going on? Is he all right?" Um, he's that crash kind of player, that Gerald Wallace kind of player. I really don't know what you what you do besides avoid having to avoid extra 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 games. So, um. Yeah, I, I, to me, this isn't a discussion, and I, and also, I don't know if Utah is a team I want to be. I want to face. I know Mitchell's still coming back from his injury. We'll see if he's healthy. Um, 
there if he's back. I'm assuming he'll be back, but uh, he's not going to play the rest of the regular season. Um, I say, if I you're talking about Mitchell's not there, yeah. then that's a real conversation. About, I mean, would I rather face Utah than Phoenix? <laughs> you know, so... Uh, I mean, I'm going to assume... Again, I'm, yeah, I'm going to assume he's going to try to give it a go whenever the playoffs start. Like, I don't know if he's yeah. going to play any of these last games, uh, but I'm assuming regardless of, of what his health is, he's going to at least try game one, yeah. the first round of the playoffs, and we'll just have to see how his health is at that point in time. But, I mean, Kendall, to me, I don't know if you could think in modern history, I can't remember any time in the history of the NBA that I've watched. So that's, like, realistically, I'd say that's from 97 to now. I can't remember a time where people had less faith in the top two seeds in a conference like they people have the lack of faith in the Jazz and the Suns. Is it warranted, do you feel? Um, and I'm not talking about winning a championship. I'm talking about I, I getting out of I, the West. I, I'd have to revise that to the, the that kind of faith in the top two seeds in the Western Conference, uh, which the West – Historically, been been great, but because um, I feel like the East has had years. Uh, but I mean, but I mean, getting out of the conference. Like I'm not necessarily even talking about winning a championship. I mean, people don't think those teams are going to get it out are getting out of the West. Like, how many like, of those years people were talking about Denver without Murray <laughs> being a factor? We talked about the Clippers. People talking about Portland being a factor. People talking about the Lakers in the playing game. People talking about the Warriors being a factor. In a first round matchup against those teams, I mean, yeah, that, that, I've I mean, never seen this before. With with two teams, maybe one, maybe one team say, okay, well, it, one it, of them teams is for all the other team is good. That, Both of them, nobody really, not nobody, but a lot of people seem to be questioning down to the the depth of the Western Conference, which again it gets, gets played into that idea that the West is so much better than the East. Um, because, like, you're right. I, I don't think anybody, even in those years where Atlanta and and and, and Toronto were you know one and two and those seem to be the premier teams and then you knew you knew in your heart of hearts like whatever team LeBron's on is probably gonna end up winning it um you know Cleveland's gonna end up winning it but the difference is that the eight you know the seven eight in those years whoever it was a Detroit or a, <laughs> a um, Indiana whoever it yeah, was you just Washington, knew that team was, Washington or yeah, something like Washington, that yeah. Austin one of these years like you knew that team wasn't beating Toronto or Atlanta like yeah. So it wasn't that wasn't the that wasn't the concern. It was just they ain't beating LeBron. You know, that that was really the conversation. With this, I mean look, I don't think that Golden State is beating Utah or that Golden State is beating Phoenix. Um, if that if it comes to that. I mean the Lakers are a real conversation, but this is kind of an this is a uh an historical precedent that is very rare. That a defending champion with two of the top ten players in the league, you know, are are a seven seed potentially or an eight seed. I mean that that um it's it, there's not much there, there's not much uh again there's not much precedence for this so I, I can't I, I agree that 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 I guess that is <laughs> this is a this is a very unique situation for a lot mm-hmm. of reasons but um but not only that that seven eight matchup but you know look Dallas is playing great basketball you mentioned Portland um the Clippers are the three and they're going to be tough it's it is wide open, I think, in the Western Conference, um, and I could legitimately see any of those teams coming out. I think, as a fan, I would what 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 three six 
four or five matchups would you rather see in the Western Conference? Would you rather see Dallas mm-hmm. against Denver or a rematch of Dallas against the Clippers and Portland against Denver? I How think for like, me, assuming the Lakers the, are yeah, in. If I, if I, so we're assuming the Lakers are in or, or am I including the Lakers? Yeah, we're assuming they're, they, they're stuck in the plane. I mean, if okay. you want to, if you, if, if you have a specific Lakers, then you can go with the Lakers. But I mean, I want to see the Lakers and, Clay, and Clippers in the first round. That's that's what that I want to see. But okay, let's let's just take them out of the equation because they're like a they're like a cheat code because they're they're a championship. They're a champion. They're the reigning champions. So of the teams we I have, I really want to see them in the. I really want to see them in the playing game. So that to me is like, like I, I want to see. I, I'm cool with either. Like I, I agree. Like I think that like <laughs> seeing Steph, a champion like that Steph, having, having to navigate. The playing game is such a such a crazy storyline. And then to me, the, the potential that that first game is you got to navigate the leading scorer in the NBA, three time NBA champion, two time MVP Steph Curry playing at the top of his game, like that to yeah. me is must see TV. I I, I agree. Uh, I'm just saying also an LA LA matchup is what we've been waiting for since the stars aligned in this Star Wars uh, situation. And so we're very close to getting it. So I would love to still see it. And it being it being in the first round, the stakes would be even higher, I think, than even it be. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, if the Livers and Lakers are in the first round, I mean, to me, it's it's one of those things where, like, the the loser, the coach may be gone. (laughs) Yeah, like, this is a failure season. Yeah. Yeah, it's (laughs) like, like, it's serious ramifications for whoever loses. This is like a... It's like a you know like a like in wrestling like you know loser leaves town match like that that's true. yeah exactly that's good that's kind of yeah yeah like you know Vince Man comes out at the end you know he says Kawhi you are fired like that that's kind of what I would expect from like a, a matchup like this if this was a uh, wrestling so I think well, let's take the Lakers out of it I mean I think if I if we're going with the teams that we we see here um I mean the Clippers are um, I can't say almost certainly gonna be the three. Because Denver is in the in the picture there, I would say I would love to see. I tell you what, I still want to see Denver and Portland go at it, which is where we have it. Like I, I like I like that matchup. Like you know, we kind of forget a couple. I know the players are a little different, but we had a great seven game series between those two teams not that long ago, and we never got you know a rematch of, of that situation. It's unfortunate that Jamal Murray. Is not in this this game uh, that situation, but I mean we got to talk about Michael Porter looking like a real you know stud in terms of like a true number two yeah. option. He's like, going to be everybody's like all star next year. New sure. yeah, new all star next season when we do our segment in the pre in the preview show. Like uh, yeah, someone someone's going to say him just like someone said Zion this year, and it's like a we're going to scoff at each other because we're like yeah I know, but I mean yeah I mean that dude right. is is. Uh, <laughs> just a sniper i mean you want to talk about it, a great shooter for his size and not really just for his size just for anybody i mean this guy people are, are in his grill and he's still just drilling just bombs you know he is i mean look i i the comp that i have for him that i i mean i feel like i've had for him since since he started getting playing time is he's not people thought coming out of high school that he'd be you know your kevin durant type just like they compare everybody to kevin durant to me he's like a 610 clay thompson which is yeah, like that's what, yeah, that's what you sell for a lot. So dangerous, a lot of times, yeah. You know, he he's not because his handle is so weak. You know, and that's, that's not that's not even enough. That's just to say, like Kevin Durant is a such a high level ball handler. Michael Porter is not, but off the catch, shooting off the catch is his shooting off the catch is ridiculous. You it can't is. contest because he's six ten. Yeah, just like Clay Thompson, <laughs> hard to contest because he's six seven. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't move without the basketball right now as well as Clay right. Thompson and 
you know, shoot off movement as well as Clay Thompson. But in terms of just like you said, being a dead eye sniper like that, it's 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 eerily similar to Clay Thompson. And and with that size, I, yeah, the athleticism has been sapped a little bit, but it's starting to get it's starting to get back to where he was at. And when you're six, and when you're six, you're six ten. Like you only need so like like he's got enough. Like yeah. if you don't, as long as he's not, as long as he's healthy, he's not injured. Like he has enough. He's six ten. Coming out of high school, he was an elite. Yes, he was. Where he would dunk on you. Yeah. You know, maybe not Blake Griffin, but you know, like Ben Simmons level athlete. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. He might not be there right now, but it does, again, he doesn't need to be there. I will say though, while we love to see Dame. And those boys go up against and Nurkic versus Joker. Jokic would be a, a, a an excellent matchup. I know, yeah. See, there's a, there's a lot of storylines there, but I think honestly, the obvious one though of a lot of people is still also the Clippers and Blazers, just from all the trash that we got last year. You know, Dame yeah. and look, the Clippers, yeah, I mean, Chumps, which is it's yeah. <laughs> sorry, it's still of, it's still my favorite. We a little bit from that Dallas Clippers series as well. Now, Montrezl Harrell was one of the main culprits, and he's not there anymore, so that takes a little bit of the heat away. Yeah, Mook uh, Morris Mark is still Morris. Mark, yeah, Mook Morris is still there, so trust me, there yeah. will be some technical fouls and ejections. Yeah, there, <laughs> yeah, there will be some sparks flying in that series. Uh, but you're right, the Dame, the Dame Lillard, Paul George thing is, is 100% what we need to see. Yeah. I mean, I still can't believe Dame Lillard calls another All-Star his team a bunch of chumps. That's just still a fun. That is one of the funniest disses to me, especially just because, like, just how the Clippers looked last year. <laughs> it's just how everything <laughs> fell apart. And Dame be like, y'all are some chumps. And I'm like, he just sounds like some any dude in L- any dude from Oakland who watched the Clippers yeah. choke away and like y'all are some chumps. Like, yo, I mean, I, I mean, I, I would love to see those guys score off again. Doncic matchup is is also you're talking about the two best European players. Yeah, sure. Outside of Giannis in the league, <laughs> um, and those guys have such a similar play style. Um, so to see those guys match up would also be uh, be certainly interesting. And I think you'll certainly since- also see like some of like the NBA. Like I think a lot of NBA people know how great Jokic is, but you know, Jan- John Doncic is the more popular, more recognizable, more quote unquote box office player. Um, right. But we've seen this year he's had this. Um, storyline with him with the technical fouls with the complaining with the flopping and you know Jokic in many ways is like uh like it's hard to like dislike Jokic because he plays the right way he never really I mean he'll, he'll go crazy every now and then but he doesn't really argue with the rest as much um I think you I, I'd wonder if in that series because I would favor Denver to beat Dallas I wonder if you see the tide shift in terms of like the euro that we the narrative yeah, the Euro that we think of as the future of basketball. Even though Jokic is just a better player, he won the, he's going to win the MVP, most likely. I think just the star narrative that, that we have attached to Doncic, I wonder if some of that I shine say, gets mean, put look, on to, uh, uh, to Nicole. I, 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 in, our, in our YouTube video that we talked about with Louis Doncic, you know, three, four years ago, however long it was, I, talk, I comped him to Larry Bird. And I thought, I, look, I put it out there. It was a crazy comment at the time. And I mean, look, he's been he's been excellent, but I will say that look, Nicole Jokic is way more like Larry Bird than Luka Doncic, and that's not that's not even a disrespect. I mean, it's, it's Doncic is great; he just doesn't play like Larry Bird. Jokic does in a lot of in a lot of respect. Um, so that that to me, and there's been a lot of people since Doncic has risen up that have thrown out the Larry Bird comp for Doncic. 
um, since he's had his success in Dallas. But again, I haven't heard that as much for Nikola Jokic, despite I think him being way more like Larry Bird. So, but again, and that'll that'll that that narrative may change after uh, if they if they play in the play, in the postseason. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I can't you know they, look we we're not gonna get into the whole you know the media uh, you know stuff with Nikola Jokic and people mm-hmm. having certain things to say about you know. There was one one person in the media saying, you know, we can't have our MVP of the league, you know, being being given the, the trophy in a hallway because he's bounced in the first round. I mean, just ridiculous stuff that people, <laughs> the, the, the TV talking heads are saying about Nikola Jokic. It's, it's, it's disrespectful, but yeah, I feel like those it's, narratives. It's, it's, it's nasty. <laughs> are, I feel like those narratives are going to change. Uh, well, again, this is without Jamal Murray. And now, now Michael Porter has played excellent basketball, and he uh, is a, is almost a legitimate second star next to uh, Nicole Jokic, especially offensively. But I feel the narrative is going to change around whether or not he is a legitimate MVP or not after people see him play in the playoffs. Um, but he's not going to play. I, I'm very confident he's not going to have – whether or not he wins or not, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. matchups and things of that nature. But it's not going to be because he plays poorly. Switching back to the East real quick before we move on. We got to talk about, you know, and give a shout out and congrats to Russell Westbrook breaking the all time oh, triple yeah. double record. <clears throat> yeah, and the guy has just been on just a, like, an unprecedented tear, obviously, because <laughs> he, he broke the record of most triple doubles of his career. But even just this stretch of basketball we've seen, I'll be honest, Kendall, I don't think I've ever seen a player in the history that I've been watching, again, starting from 97, go from looking the way he looked, I mean, like, Three months ago, not not I'm not even talking about the beginning of the season. It wasn't that long ago. He still was looking washed, and to look like yeah. a legit all star superstar point guard, I've I've never seen this before, and I think you know he will never talk about being injured. I, I think he would probably attest it to um to health, but I I, I wonder if it's I, I mean, I guess that has to be it. I know he was dealing with a quad issue, but this guy has just been—he's been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Westbrook um, health, I think, is a major factor. Um, you're talking about a, a Wizards team that also dealt with a lot of issues with COVID. Obviously, Westbrook had his issues with COVID as well uh, in the bubble last year um, or before the bubble, but. Um, He's been he's been really good, you know. He's been he's been he's been excellent. Uh, the 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 I know a lot of people, you know, you can say what you want about being, you know, these triple doubles don't mean anything to me. What they tell me is the guy plays the amount of effort, the amount of work it takes, round and twenty assists and double digit points. Uh, the, the, the amount of take, the amount of work it takes to get double digit points, rebounds, and assists in any game. That takes a lot of endurance, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. And Westbrook plays with a tenacity and a toughness and energy that um, is almost unmatched right now in the NBA. Yeah. So um, much credit to him. You know, the Wizards are not a team that I would want to play. If you're talking about those teams in the in the in the playing games right now, um, you know, if, look, I mean, I I, I don't I. I I, it's hard for me to say that I would. I like. I. I would love to see the Celtics 
um, as like a other opponent because Jason Tatum is really good. Um, so he might give you he might give you problems in a couple of games. You're not you're, I don't think any teams are going to be worried about losing to them without Jalen Brown. Um, but like the Hornets, the Pacers, the Pacers to me are the team you want to see actually. They're completely crumbling. Um, <laughs> you know I don't imagine they're going to be a team that that makes it out of the playing game. They can because it's only a one game situation, one or two game situation. But I, I, I have a hard time even they'll make it out. And um, but the Wizards to me, despite losing Denny Avdi a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. have you know completely played excellent basketball. Daniel Gafford is playing great in the oh, front man, court. It's been unbelievable. Chandler I got I got I got to apologize, Dan Gafford. Cause I remember I feel like one of our one of our videos. Though to be fair, he wasn't playing like this for the Bulls. But one of our videos, our <laughs> podcast, I feel like I was like talking about the Bulls, big men, and I was like, you know, I think you mentioned Gafford. I was like, I don't I don't think he's the answer. And maybe again, maybe he wasn't for Chicago, but he is for 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 Washington. I mean, he he seriously looks like a player for them moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean. To me, I think the Gafford thing, it just goes back to, like, the, the, the level of the, what you need to be a, a a functional rotation big in the NBA. It's not, it's not much, you know. And maybe it wasn't, I, like, and who knows whether or not he's going to be a superstar, or he's going to be an all-star, or, or he's just going to max out as a Rashawn Holmes kind of big, which is not an knock. That's a really no. good player. Um, like... If you have the athleticism, the length, and you like play hard, and you have the basketball intelligence, he's gonna he, he can figure it out. And Gafford has all those qualities, so um, you know it's similar to Robert Williams. You know, it seems like that seemed like a guy that wasn't gonna wasn't gonna fail uh, from from a talent perspective. It was just always gonna be about did he have it upstairs? And he's you can see the maturity in his game has gotten there to this point. Um, and now he's 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 a rotation big in the NBA, and that's that's what Daniel Gafford is. Um, and was was he in the same draft as Williams and and, and Mitchell Robinson? Uh, I think he was. I feel like he was. Um, all three of those guys, late first round, second round guys, um, and they're all kind of I would say in the same tier. I mean, I think Mitchell Robinson's had the probably the highest heights. But you know he had a he's had a rough season with injuries and, and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, you know all all three of those guys right now. Those are gonna be three guys that they get get kind of compared uh, a lot going forward. But yeah, he's played great. Um, you know, obviously you got Davies Bertans. I mean, this is this is a Wizards team that I wouldn't want to see again. We talk about Beal and Westbrook, like that's the main that's, that's the main reason um, yeah. why this is a team you, you don't why why this is a team you wouldn't want to see. Um, come playoff time. So, um, could do you think that they could feasibly beat a team like the Sixers? Um, I won't, I won't even say beat. Do you think they could take them to the six seven game? Yes. And I, you know me, I actually think very highly of the Sixers. I think highly Sixers more highly Sixers I think than you. But yes, that's natural. Russ, Russ, and Russ is on such a crazy tear and we know what kind of you know star Bradley Beal is you know I mean Gafford be going up against guys he's going up against compared to going up against Embiid 
that's a whole nother ball game, and that would probably be a problem for it's gonna be a problem any team trying to deal with that that monster in the middle. But uh, but no, I mean I think that they could definitely give them a run for sure. I think because you know the one thing about the Sixers that makes them so dominant is Ben Simmons' ability to erase your best player at any position besides center, obviously, where Embiid can erase your best player because he's such a good uh, defensive player on that end as well. The, the problem with the, 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 a team like Washington, to me, is who does Simmons guard? You know, right. are you putting him on Russ? And I'll be honest, if I was the Wizards, I would love for Simmons to be on Russ because we've seen, you know, Russ in terms of his, his approach to the game sometimes isn't always the healthiest, but if his mind is right and he realized, okay, they want to put Simmons on me, maybe that means I'm not as much a scorer. Russ can get 20 assists. And, yeah. like, so I don't know if me being like, I got to turn the water off on Russ is the best idea, considering the other guy on the team averages 30 points. But if they do and put look. him on Beal, then Russ has got Shake Milton and, and Seth Curry or Danny Green. I like my I like my chances with that matchup. I feel like those teams have had close games this season. They have, yes, um, absolutely. You know, I, and that was when Russ wasn't playing like this, right? <laughs> um, and look, a lot of the reason why I don't love the Sixers is the way I've envisioned the playoff basketball over the last couple of years. Is I feel like I mentioned it on this podcast. Like, um, it, a lot of it is about. You know, like being able, being half able court, to half court to offense. Make shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah half court being actually. able to make shots in late games, you know, or late, 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 late games, late clock situations. Having ISO scores or guys who can take over late in games in the half court, like you mentioned. And I mean, look, the Sixers have Joel Embiid, so it's not like they're not going to be able to. And Ben Simmons can can score. He's not. Gonna, that's not where he's most effective, but. Um, and they have Tobias Harris as well. Yeah. Like, not but we know sometimes a guy, a guy like Embiid, we know sometimes centers can, it can be tough for centers sometimes to get off because you need someone else to get you yeah. the ball, you know. Not to say that Simmons yeah. can't get it done, but that, that, that sometimes is a problem for big men. It's why a lot of some of the and best teams. if you're talking about those guys versus Beal and Westbrook, uh, it's a, it can be an erratic backcourt late in game sometimes, as we've seen. But... Yeah, I mean, it's still it's, it's about it's about a wash. Those to guys, me. yeah, those guys steal some games. Absolutely, the game is close, absolutely. Those guys, I certainly see those guys. That's why, to me, like Philly, like they like if that, if that series were to happen to me, Philly's got to just like they can't let these games. They got to blow them out in the first quarter. Like just yeah, don't let the game. Yeah, just and like they have the ability to do it because they can just bury yeah. you with threes and then be inside. It just you can't handle them. So they have the ability to do it, but they can't mess around. Like if they mess around and you're talking about this is a you know five game five point game three point game going into the fourth quarter, that I think that's where you if you're a Sixers fan I would get nervous because right. now the the issue with Philly in terms of late game execution that we've seen them struggle with in the playoffs for the last some odd years, then we really get to see how it it, it would go. Now you're playing against a team that is not a good defensive team, so if, I mean again if you can't get it done against this team, I don't know who you're going to be able to get it done against, but. That would be, you know, it would it would make it's it like when they've matched up. I mean, when they've matched up with Boston, you know, they've they've been the better team almost every time. But late in games, 
Tatum, Brown, whoever it is, who's been able to to, to make shots late in those games, um, and be been able to take over in ways that and beating Simmons haven't been able to. And um, I still want, and I still wonder, Kendall. To me, I think the X factor for, for Philly still remains to me to be Tobias Harris, because yeah, when. Because, I mean, I've watched games this year where he's been their closer, and when he can close guy. like that, I mean, then, like, you, you can't guard them. Like, you have no chance. Yeah. But for a guy whose whole game is efficiency, he's an extremely efficient player for the way he plays. Like, guys like play like him normally aren't as efficient as he is. The playoffs and, and sometimes big games for him have just, he hasn't been that guy. So, to me, this is the best he's looked in those situations and maybe just the repetition and being in those spots and the maturity that he has. Uh, maybe he'll be ready this time. I, I, I think he will. Again, I, I think highly of the Sixers. But to me, he, that's where the game is. That's where the season is for the Sixers. If Tobias Harris can be a legit second option in those half-court close situations, especially when the other guys are beating, you know, again, sometimes getting the ball to the bigs are tricky. If he can be that guy then the Sixers are going to have a great chance to get out of the East. But he can't be anything less than that. Yeah, yeah, no, Tobias Harris is is that guy that, you know, like they didn't have, you know, it, it, he's the guy that made them comfortable when they lost Jimmy Butler. It was like, don't worry, we've got Tobias Harris who's going to play that late game role. And he, he struggled in it at a time. He struggled in it at times over the years, but he's had an excellent season. So I think they're they're relying on him uh in part to be one of those shot makers for them. And look, they've got more shooting than they've had uh since they lost Bellinelli and Ilya Silva. So um we saw those guys be very important for them a couple of years ago in the postseason. They did not have that um the last couple the last two years. Now bringing in um a guy like Seth Curry um, Shake Milton being a shot maker that helps them in that regard. Yeah, I agree, man. And and this uh this is look, I I love what how this NBA season has has is wrapping up. It really sets up for just again a great um, end to the to the season and uh, sets up a great playoff. So, man, just buckle up. I think it's going to be a great ride. I do want to move focus from basketball to football. And just talk about uh, the schedule that we got that, that dropped in the NFL. There's some pretty marquee matches. I mean, week one, you're going to have Cleveland going to Kansas City. Cleveland has a lot of high expectations, and that's a really great rematch of that, uh, you know, to me, thrilling AFC semifinal game um, in terms of the Chiefs kind of just squeaking that one out. Uh, week two, it doesn't get any easier for the Chiefs because then they got uh, Baltimore. They go to Baltimore uh, for a high-profile game. Tom Brady. Uh, later on in the season in week four, goes to New England. Um, we know there's a lot of emotions and a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of you know, stakes into that game, considering how things ended for him in, uh, in, uh, in New England and, and all he did for them. There's, there's a ton of, of, of marquee matchups. We have a week 18 for the first time in NFL's history. <laughs> well, I, you know, every time you know, I look it, at the it, schedule, I it think looks like a typo. Yeah, I, I just get sick. <laughs> First of all, similar to the NBA, like, does anybody like week 17 of the NFL season? No. Or week 16 of the NFL season? I mean, I feel like 
those last few weeks of the season are There's like just, three uh, games that matter. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> the rest of it, the rest of it, you can have more tanking. So yeah, yeah. The last game is just me hoping that some teams lose to just get a higher draft pick. Yeah, exactly. So this, uh, you know, I don't. I know in a vacuum we like we're taking all oh, more football that's great for the consumer. It's all right, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't know. So yeah, it, and again, you just it, 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 is my is, is this enjoyment free worth like the extra? You know, the extra you know labor that the players are gonna have to go through. I mean, to me. Uh, it's still unfortunate, but, um, but yeah, I mean, this, 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 there's always a lot of storylines that you look at when you see these, uh, this initial NFL schedule. Um, it's always interesting to me also, just, just to say, because like, I feel like the NFL schedule is kind of, to me, it's not as interesting as when say the NBA schedule comes out because you know what all the matchups are. And we've known a lot of these teams have known for years, like you know they or all of these teams have known for years who they gonna be playing. They've had vacations booked, you know. Yeah, right. They've looked forward to oh yeah next season oh we're going uh we're going to Dallas next next year. Yeah. That's that should be fun. Or, oh we're we're playing in we're playing in L A. Yeah, we get, gotta get, get in Atlanta. Vacation. Get in Mount and we're going to Atlanta. Get the uh Magic City <laughs> reservation ready. You know exactly. So. It's it's it, a lot of it is just about when when they're when they're playing with time with channel, um, with time with day of the week. So, uh, in terms of the matchups, the matchups have had already been set. Um, just looking at the the Sunday night matchups, in terms of you know the Sunday night schedule and what sticks out. You know, week one we'll have uh, Bears at Rams. I tell you what, that was a bold move to me by the NFL to put very Bears. Bold. The Bears on Sunday Football Week One, because man, nobody's that, fin- nobody's fin to watch Andy Dalton, man. Yeah, I mean that that is a lot of, um, and look, I mean Andrew Andrew Brandt uh, mentioned this when he was talking about the Packers, and we'll get to the Packers uh, prime time schedule, I guess a little a little bit, but um, he talked about how when the NFL made their schedule, they one thousand percent. Had a conversation with the Packers about what's the deal with Andrew with Aaron Rodgers. Wow, um, he I mean, he used to, he used to be a VP for the Green Bay Packers. Right. So, like you know, <laughs> he would know whether or not that conversation uh, has ever happened. So, um, the I I don't know. This is a little different. I'm sure the Bears didn't tell the NFL. Yeah, we're starting Fields Week One. They don't know where <laughs> he can't just started, but. Was there a conversation about it? You know, I mean, is it a possibility? You know, and if, right. if if the Bears told him, don't get your hopes up, I, you know, I wonder if that game happens or not. On so, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I wonder if that conversation is, you know, you know, it, it, it was the expectation. And they'll say, look, man, if he yeah. comes in and plays what we expect, he'll be the guy. Yeah. And maybe that's what they We can't say it publicly, but between yeah. us. Because I mean, I mean, the Bears—they got quite a few national TV games, and maybe the ones later in the season, you'll say, okay, by this point, Fields has got to see the field. You would think, unless you know the Bears are you know eight and zero or whatever, seven and zero, and nobody thinks they're going to do that. But uh, they have a couple of, of national TV games besides that week one. They play um, the Vikings on on Monday Night Football later on in the season. Um, that's oh, in, you know in December. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, that was that's why I want to. 
Kirk Cousins out there. You see, we're going up against Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, man. Terrific matchup. Man, you want to talk? You want to talk about uh, insult injury there? Um, so yeah, they 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 were a little. I think they were a little bullish with the with the with the Bears. Um, what about this Monday? What do you think about the? Well, first of all, just the, going through the Sunday night games. Uh, again, the Bears Rams week one that was a little interesting. You got Chiefs Ravens week two. You know that's a heavyweight fight. It was a big time matchup for Monday night football. I believe that was also in week two when those teams played. If it wasn't week two, maybe week three. It's very early in the season. You know, Brady going to New England week four. That's got to be a national TV game, so that's a good call. Um, I'll be honest. I think that we got too many, too much Titans in the national TV schedule. They have a Sunday night. They got a Sunday night game, and I think they got a Monday night game. I don't know if I'm. I'm not trying. I'm. I'm never trying to see Tennessee Titans on national TV. It's not anything about them being a bad team, but. I thought yeah, the got, Titans had a really good. Didn't they ever? It wasn't a. Did they? And to be game? honest, they do. Te- they do tend to play fairly entertaining games. Like yeah, their games tend to be kind of lit. To be honest, now I think about it, but I mean, just their style of play, not necessarily the most exciting. And they got the Bills on Monday night. They got uh, the Forty ers on Thursday night on NFL Network, and they had a Sunday night game that I just mentioned. Or oh, the Rams at one point. I mean, see, I'm fine with that because those are three good matchups. They're good games. That's true. none of those. None of those. None of those teams. I I, I expect to stay, barring any injury. Yeah, I expect all three. All all three of those matchups to be matchups between two teams that will win at least six, seven games, if not nine or ten. So, yeah, I mean, I, the Titans certainly aren't a marquee kind of team. Um you know, there's, of course, there's a lot of a lot of Jaguars, you know, thrown in there. Uh, that should not be as much of a drag as it's been the last five years um, on some of these Thursday nights. <laughs> yeah, Jaguars um, got it. Yeah, they got a. Yeah, they they got a couple. They, they're going to be in London for the Dolphin yeah. game. Uh, that's a, that'll be a nine thirty start on CBS as well. Yeah, the Bengals on. They'll tell you that Bengals. I'm excited for that Bengals game in Week Four. Burrow versus uh, Lawrence. Yeah, is, I mean, is, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Joe Burrow. Uh, I don't still, know. Hopefully they still in the lineup, <laughs> or you or usually he should even be out there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for his sake, hopefully they redshirt. I mean, uh, by then, yeah, I don't know if he'll still be in the lineup. We'll see. But, uh, but in terms of a matchup, I would be more excited if they would have drafted a left tackle. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, seeing Burrow versus versus Lawrence, I also think they they move that. They they pushed that a little bit back, you know, instead of putting it super early. I mean, week four is pretty early, but um, I by week four I think they expect Burrow will be out there, so it's not there's no risk. Um, but now, yeah, I know you're laughing about the Vikings, but I mean the Vikings they got uh they got two Sunday night games because they also got the Cowboys in week eight to go along with that, uh, and they got the Packers in week seventeen. Yeah, we yeah. So they got two have, not two two, two, two Sunday night games and one Monday night. night against the Steelers. Oof. A Monday, I watch. Monday night against yeah, the Bears. They, they really making us watch the Vikings. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not fit in to watch Kirk Cousins like that. Dude. Yeah, neither am I, man. You know, welcome <laughs> to the fuck. Um, That's a lot of national TV games, man. I know. I mean, look, when you have Sunday ticket, you know, not to not to uh, not to stunt, but I mean, sometimes it's like I mean, all the games national TV in their head. But there is something a little different about you playing football under the lights. It's, it's the only game on. Like it, it, it's a little yeah. different. It's different. Yeah. You know, 
Just because you have access to every game doesn't mean every game is the same. In today's so, day and age, uh, it, <laughs> you don't even if you don't have, if you don't have Sunday ticket, you have access to all the games that we. Yeah, to say? exactly. It's okay. all, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think anybody's crying about the value of Sunday ticket, but but yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so the Vikings got got a, a great deal of games. I thought the 49ers also got a lot of games, which I was also a little surprised by. Because I don't, I don't, I really don't think we're going to see Lance early on. That's a, that's that's the question as well. Like I, that seems way more unlikely. Um, I mean, I maybe, mean, but maybe they just feel like the, the Niners coming back Jimmy with G. Bosa back and maybe Jimmy, Jimmy G's, G's a lot more healthy. Late, where it's like, I mean, is he even going to be healthy? If Jimmy G gets hurt, they might be banking on an injury um, with how, how uh, injury-prone oh, he tends to be. Jesus. The Cardinals got a lot of games as well, which is yeah, not. But that, they're must-see TV to me. I mean, yeah, they, they deserve those games because, uh, you know, new Hopkins, Kyler, Kyler, yeah. Now they got J.J. Watt, Watt, Watt in the mix now. Ondale Moore now on this team. I mean, they're going to be a fun They're gonna be a fun team to track. Um, I feel like the one thing I will say about the national TV schedules, and we'll talk about Monday football, Monday night football in a second. I w- I wish there were a little more division games. Like I like division games on national TV. Yeah, I think they try. They were trying to do more of these showcase kind of like you know rare matchups that you don't. But these are all random to me. These are all random games. They're all. I mean, a lot of them are lit, but it's just like they're just throwing two teams that don't really have any history, and they say, "Yo, go play." And I mean. Yeah. You know, like some of them are great. Obviously, you know, Bucks and Patriots, that's a great story. You know, Ravens, Chiefs, you know, those are two elite, elite teams. But, I mean, besides the Niners and the 49ers and the Browns and the Ravens, you got Vikings, Packers, and Packers, Bears. I mean, I would say probably maybe six or seven of these games are division games. There's a Rams, Seahawks, Thursday night, week five. That should be a, that should be a great game. That That is a great uh, Thursday night game because that, that's always been a big issue with uh, – with the schedule as well has been these Thursday night games. We look at Monday night football, which has been talked about a great deal when it comes to poor scheduling and, and the games is being lackluster. A lot of people are saying that they've been excited about this schedule and they feel like maybe they actually put together some decent matchups. They're starting off week one Ravens at Raiders. Uh, then they Not go Lions. No, My then they go Lions and Packers. Week two, so I don't know. That's zero for two for me. Hopefully Rogers plays, but even yeah, if he does, even if he does, and I mean, it might be worse if he does. I mean, honest. <laughs> I mean, I mean the Lions they can they can run out of Lambo Lambo if if he's out there. Um, Eagles Cowboys, I think the Eagles are because awful. it's early in the season that should be an interesting. Yeah, it will still be it will, it will still mean a lot. Yeah, it, that like that's the thing you got to have those games early in the season. Yeah, no, you can't have you can't have the Eagles on in week. 15 which is what we were seeing with the last few years yeah. like that's just too risky we like you know that they shouldn't be doing that so yes eagles cowboys i don't know how i think the eagles aren't that great but it's a division game you know they're gonna play hard against the cowboys and again i like division games on national tv like i think it adds great intrigue and stuff so cool I with that Raiders one Chargers could be a good game i'm cool um, with that yeah yeah i'm cool with that I'm, i don't know if i need the raiders you know twice on Monday football in one month <laughs> weird I, and i'll be honest i'm pretty i'm not sure if john gruden loves it considering you know short weeks for yeah. for two weeks for two weeks in the first month of the season i mean it's better i guess than having it at the end of the season but really throwing them out there in the gauntlet in terms of throwing in these random short weeks in here uh <laughs> yeah. week five colts rate at ravens uh that's a good game no not a crazy game but a good game 
you know, we'll see what Wentz is this season. Bills at Titans. This was the game that I saw that we were talking about earlier, and I was just like, I mean, it's a good game. Do I do I really did – I, did I need that on Monday Night Football? I don't know if I needed that on Monday Night Football, but those are two very good teams. Saints at Seahawks week seven. I don't know what the Saints are. I, the Saints, to me, Ken, though, are like the biggest question mark in the NFL. I feel like they're the team that got – Where if you ask me who's the team that is normally always on national TV that like has way less games this year, it looks like it's the Saints. That's what it looks like, too. I you know I mean, they, they play they on have, Thanksgiving and they, they play have that two game they have mentioned. two Monday nights. I don't know if they have a Sunday night game though. I don't know if they do. They play well. They play Thanksgiving. Well, they have, they have the Bucks. So they I mean they got a decent amount. They got three and then four of you add the Thanksgiving game. Yeah. Are they all late in the season? Saints at Bucks is week fifteen on Sunday night. Uh, the Saints first. National TV game. I don't know what they're. I have to look up their schedule for the Thursday night, but I know they play the Seahawks in Week Seven. Um, that's. I'm assuming that's the earliest we'll see them. But I, I can just. I can pull up yeah. the schedule real quick. Saints Giants. That's an awful Monday night game. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That. that yeah. I mean, that's just. That, I, I. You know. Wait, Saints. Oh, actually, have, it's Giants Bucks. No, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Giants Bucks. <laughs> which is a re- which is a rematch of last year's Monday Night game, which was actually not a bad game. I actually yeah, watched I that game. it would be pretty good. Yeah, but this you one know, will be in Tampa. Yeah, uh, yeah he didn't fall down. Good. He didn't fall down this time, so that was great. Yeah, um, yeah. that'll be in Week Eleven. The Giants have two Monday Night games. They also go to Kansas City. I don't know why they must not like Giant fans because they just like we want to see y'all just get washed on national TV. Yeah, on the road twice. On the road against the Chiefs and the Bucks. I like <laughs> who. <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I'm not a Giants fan. I'm like, I don't, I don't need those matches to be where everybody's watching us on national TV. You know, I'm, I'm like, and it's funny. I feel like when we talk about the players that are coming back, I don't think there's a lot of talk about Saquon Barkley. Nah, you know, like he was, you know, he was, he's a superstar. Yeah, and I think that's probably why they, you you put those matchups together for the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's the only reason the Giants are interested <laughs> for a national TV game. But to me, like a team like that, you want to put them against a comparable team. Like put them against the Raiders, you know? Like yeah, it's like oh, this would be a good game. This put not, this, that, that doesn't bode well for Daniel Jones because let me just be honest, this is a this is a kind of a make or break year. Yeah, for it's, a, it's a prove it year, definitely. And as we saw with Sam Darnold, like those national TV games really, really drive the narrative. Yeah, big spotlight. We saw that that game against the Patriots. People still talk about it. I know. Oh, Darnold! I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't forget it. <laughs> you know, I mean, now like every time, every time when we came down to that conversation about Darnold and his future and how good or not good is he, like every time I wanted to, you know, make the case for him because I, I do like Sam Darnold a lot. I just have in my head that national TV Monday night game against the Patriots. I'm just like, I mean, that was just yeah. dreadful. And, and it's like, how do you argue so against that? For Daniel Jones, he has to do his best to avoid those those kinds of performances against. The Chiefs and Bucks, which is not an easy thing. I mean, the defenses. I mean, particularly the Chiefs' defense is hellacious. But <laughs> you you could get run out of the run out of the gym by Patrick Mahomes. Um, Speaking of Darnold, I thought it was interesting that they <laughs> they put the Jets in the in the uh, in the Panthers in Week One. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you know. uh, also not great for a Jet fan. I don't think. But, no, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Again, we talk about setting the narrative. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that was just, kind of the, a, a shaky week one. 
and Darnold. Again, it's not it's not jump off a cliff, hit the panic button, but you know the narrative, the the the, the WFAM is gonna have a field day. Oh yeah, with, with the oh did the Jets make a mistake <laughs> trading? Yeah, G- yeah Gio, yeah Gio Darnold. and uh Gio and Boomer, they're gonna they gonna they be going ham. You know, you know Roberts and and Carton. It's gonna be a long day. It's gonna be a long day on talk radio. You know, if and, and for whatever reason, I feel like even though the I mean I'm a Jet fan, I will say I mean the Giants are the number one team in New York. But I don't know why it feels like the Jet fans, the Jets get get just like they're way more the the talk radio team. I, I don't know maybe maybe that's to, totally unscientific. But I just feel like you know, things go wrong. You could you could bet your behind that there will be six hours of Jets slander on sports radio. Giants, there, there is a wrong. perception that the Jets are. It's more like yo, how are we gonna figure it out? We when are we gonna yeah. put this in the right direction? Who needs to go so that we figure this out? Because like, there's an expectation that eventually you will. But the Jets, the Jets are a lot <laughs> like the Knicks, not from a not from a prestige standpoint, but from a chaos standpoint. Being in New York, I think there is a there there is that feeling that. They're, you know, they're like they're, they're not as stable as the Giants. They're, and, and they're, they're not. <laughs> it's all a perception. Like the yeah. Giants have been pretty chaotic the last. That, that is true. Yeah. But you know, there was always there's still always this feeling that yeah, but the Giants, you know, they're kind of doing things more slowly. This and that. The they, coach, whereas, there's excitement about the coach. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they won six games, but they they only made the playoffs. Joe Judge, they doing it the. You know the, the 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 slow rebuild way, and and look the Jets they they threw themselves straight down. If the Jets would have did the Daniel Jones thing, they would that would have been <laughs> that would have been nuts. It was oh, nuts yeah, for the Giants, oh, yeah. but people yeah, gave I them know. I think a pass because it was the Giants. Yeah, the, there's no way the Jets did not have the goodwill to do anything like that. No, not at all. No way. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Um, and the Thursday night games. What we do Thursday night? I do want to talk about Thanksgiving because that's you know obviously a high profile day. We talked a little bit about it before. Another Bears matchup. Bears on Bear national TV should be interesting. That especially if Fields out there. If Fields isn't out there, then it, it won't be. But I just I, I oh I'm, I'm gonna be that guy, man. At what point do we move on from the Lions on national on Thanksgiving? Uh I don't think you can. I guess it's never. I mean, yeah, they've yeah. had, there's been, they've had plenty of opportunity to at some point decide, yeah, this ain't it. Because I mean, the, the NBA did that with the Knicks on Christmas. But like, I'm the Knicks you, on man. Christmas was a, a thing, and they were just like, yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was like the, uh, it was like the, uh, the, um, the Men in Black, you know, <laughs> hit that, yeah. you know, little thing, and then you forget, wipe. yeah, yeah and the memory wipe, and now you you forget that the Knicks on Thanksgiving Christmas are supposed to be an annual thing. That's not an annual thing anymore. I, I feel, feel like, like the NFL could do that at some point, and they just look, won't. man. The Lions are going to be a team. We mentioned it on our draft recap, man. They can be a team to look out for two or three years from now. I don't think you'd be going to be talking about. I know, but Thanksgiving is this year, Kendall. <laughs> That's a problem. It's every year, yeah, no, it's every year, and I'm talking about this year right now. And this is the year that I'm not trying to see them. You know, yeah. Jared Goff. You know, he's going to have a nice left tackle. Shout out to Penny Sue. I know he. Uh, Keep dropping my phone today. I know he uh, tested positive for COVID. Hope everything goes well with him. Um, you know, Jared God, I don't need to see him running for his life. You know, hopefully Penny's protecting him, but I don't know about the rest of that line. They had a lot of work to do. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the line, you know, Haley Decker is also a pretty good, That's pretty true. good tackle. That's I mean, true. you know, I, it's it's just, I mean, who, what's the... Who is he throwing to? Yeah, who is he throwing to? 
I mean, I'm their off, I mean, their offense in terms of when it comes to skill player, and they look like the Jets look, which is saying <laughs> a lot, man, because the Jets yeah, look man. crazy. They still look crazy, but at least it's comparable. At least it's respectable. Look, it's a year by year thing. In a couple of years, though, DeAndre Swift better run for <laughs> better run for a thousand. Yeah, oh yards. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, he is the offense uh, moving yeah. forward. No question. Um, the Raiders Cowboys uh, the afternoon game. Raiders getting a lot of getting re- getting a lot of play, man. Yeah, I don't know if it's a Vegas thing, but or what? I don't know if it's a Gruden thing, but they don't have really any interesting players. I mean, Darren Waller, I guess, is interesting, but like yeah, Waller. I mean, he's a he's a He's a very good player. He's like a yeah. unicorn almost, but but that's not enough for me to be like I gotta see the Raiders. Yeah, the NFL put a lot of faith in us and our interest in the Raiders, which is interesting considering we've seen like the novelty of Gruden is long gone. He's been in the NFL now for three years. This is yeah, his that, yeah. It was cool when he was it was his first season. Like yeah, I, I, I want to see as much Gruden as possible. And but, unlike last season where they tried to add a a d a b, I mean they didn't do anything. They, they, they had a very boring offseason. Yeah. They drafted nobody interesting. They didn't make any 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 flash moves in the offseason in terms of trades. They brought the most of the team back. Derek Carr is still Derek Carr. I, I don't know why they've got so many uh so many uh primetime games. I don't get it either. Yeah, I don't I don't understand that that part of it. I'm actually trying to pull up all oh, before I pull up the rest of it. Uh then you got the Bills and Saints uh, in that Thursday night game, which we were talking about before, the Saints getting a, 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 a Thanksgiving game. Again, a lot of faith in my belief that I really want to see Josh Allen in, in the Bills. They're a good team. No, oh, yeah, that that one I get. I mean, you get that one. Josh Allen might be. And it's not necessarily. Game. I think it's not necessarily my beef with Allen the Bills. I, to me, when I look at NFL teams, I think there's like good in the vacuum and good depending on the matchup. I look at the Bills as like good, in the, like good depending on the matchup. Like the Chiefs are good in the vacuum. The Cowboys are good in the vacuum. Yeah. They can play anybody, and I'll be interested. The Bills, it's like, okay, who are they playing? And you say they're playing the Chief, Saints in New Orleans. I mean, I don't. I don't. Jameis is 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 is, is interesting. I, is Jameis the starter by 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 week thirteen or whatever this is? I mean, do we know well, that? If he's not starting, it could be Taysom Hill, which should well, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that also be a, a roller coaster. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> but, it's gonna be, it's yeah, gonna be crazy. Any somehow, whoever's out there, yeah. it's gonna be interesting. I guess, I guess that's what they were thinking here. I like to just go through like the Week Twelve schedule and like what they could have done for that last game. Um, we know, you know, they chose the Seahawks in Washington for Monday night, which actually I think would have been a good Thursday night. Cleveland, Thanksgiving, for Baltimore, Sunday night. Yeah, Cleveland, Baltimore. Yeah, that I mean that also would have been a great show. But I feel like Baltimore has gotten that spot in that late game a lot in this since in this new era of the three games on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't that's a great game, but I don't think the that just needs to be there. I'm I kinda like the line the the Rams and the Packers in that third that third Thanksgiving game. I know it may be weird to see the Packers on Thanksgiving not playing the Lions, well, I thought that could have been interesting. Um, the pick is a slim after that, to be fair. You can convince. I mean, again, we gotta hope Jay Burrow is upright, but you can convince me maybe Pittsburgh and Cincinnati would have been good there too. Uh, it's not the greatest week. I mean, I don't. I, I like that you. I you know to me in Thanksgiving you have to. You still. You still should protect the the Sunday night Monday night games. I don't think you should just 
put by far the best game we put it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe given the games they felt like, the only one I could make a clear case for that's not on Sunday or Monday would probably be the Rams and the Packers, which I think is a legitimately great game. Yeah. But, but I, I, I think they, you know, there is the trepidation with yeah. Rodgers. Yeah, you don't know what Rodgers is. I don't think at. a Thanksgiving game can be flexed. What's interesting about right. the Packers' schedule is there have been kind of some mixed signals with some people saying, look, I mean, the NFL gave gave the Packers all these primetime games late in the season. That suggests they think Rodgers is still going to be there. To me, that, that to me that says we can flex all these games if he's not. <laughs> right, That's what that is. tells me. Yeah, yeah we'll put all, put all the games week 15, 16, 17. Yeah, just assume he's there and he's not. We'll figure it out. Yeah, and if they're not, if they're not up to snuff, then we can we can flex those games. But you can't flex those games if you put them all in week three, four, five, and six. Right. So, exactly. Um, that's what that told me, which is why I don't know if there's any real reading on the Rodgers thing right now. I don't think mm-hmm. the NFL knows. I think if they knew for a fact he wasn't going to be there, they probably wouldn't have given them all those games. But uh, I think there's probably it's probably still very much up in the air, um, which is uh, not what Packers fans want to hear. I mean, Devontae Adams was talking about, you know, I may not I may I may be trying to get out of here if my guy's not here, um, which is also not what they wanted to hear. Um, so. But yeah. Yeah. No, this uh, this 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 primetime schedule to me doesn't doesn't suggest that the NFL thinks that Rogers is going to be there. Hmm. That's, they do have a Christmas Day game. Um, yes, there is a Christmas Day game this year. Which uh, well, the game last year. This two, I, I, I'll be honest, man. I, I mean, I know. I'm, I guess we're you know I'm an NBA guy. I guess I I don't need the NFL on Christmas. Yeah, last year they had the the Vikings versus the Saints. Where Alvin Kamara ran, ran for like nine touchdowns. Um, yes, <laughs> another <laughs> another tough game. Another tough game for back. you to have to, to have to relive. Yeah, a, lot, yeah. a, lot, a lot of painful. Vikings commentary on this podcast today. There's not a whole lot of, I mean, look, there's a lot of delusional Vikings fans out there that are selling themselves. He's, and he's still got, he still got Justin Jefferson coming in the year too. Being Dak Prescott or Kellen Mond giving Russell Wilson, but <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, we got Kirk Cousins throwing Justin Jefferson should get his nine wins. Uh, maybe that'll get Zimmer and Spielman another year to draft another tackle. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but yeah, we have two Christmas Day games this year. Um, Colts Cardinals is, I think, much better than Browns Packers, but I don't know. We'll see if I. I just don't uh, know what Rogers. If Rogers is there, then yeah. the Browns and Packers is money. Yeah, it could be a good game. Yeah, it could be a very good game. Yeah. Um, and we don't know what the deal is with Wentz and whether or not Wentz is going to be any good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, another team that to, uh, to me, I think that the you know the Colts to me are like the Saints in the AFC. Like I, I, I don't, I, don't right. them. I have no idea how their quarterback's gonna play. Like I, yeah. I literally have no clue. So I, again, I thought they were pretty bold in putting both those teams in fairly high-profile matchups in two holiday games. That yeah. was that was that was a, that was that was a big deal. I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have done that. But uh, yeah, look, man, I'm excited. I love it. even talking about these games early on, even though we're so far away. Gets me excited the for team football that, season. I, you don't really see it all on this list. They have a very early, um, very early Thursday night game. But other than that, I mean, do the Texans have any national TV games? Uh, I don't think so. 
Patriots. Yeah, and I think, and I think, and to be fair, I think doesn't if you don't have an FCU game, don't you have to have a Thursday night game? Isn't that how that works? Oh yeah, I mean, every team gets at least one Thursday, Sunday, or Monday night game, right? Um, and I think the the, the what should we go? I think the Texans got one. Yeah, that's it. Fair. I think they try to give these teams like multiple. They got yeah, no, one. The Texans got one. Uh, the Jets only also got one. Wow, the Jets only got one. I was no, I the Jets had two. Well, they, no, they no, they just they play the Falcons. No, yeah, one of them is a London game. But then they, they have right. the they have the Colts again, another national TV game, uh, for the Colts on the road in November. Yeah, so I was yeah, surprised yeah. by that. The Jets seem to get a lot of love when it comes to national TV games, even though they've not earned it. Well, I mean, we have Zach Wilson. I know, which is why I thought we they would get at least two. I thought they'd get maybe a Monday and a Thursday or a Sunday and a and a Thursday. Like I, I was surprised they didn't get any of them. Yeah, they got kind of buried. I thought the Dolphins got kind of. I agree with that, and I, and that was surprising. I feel like to me that you know, doesn't scream a whole lot of confidence in what two is going to be. Now, I mean, the NFL, you know, who, who? I mean, it's not like they know anything about whether or not two is going to be great or not. But um, I, I think there is worry that it looks two is not great. You're not gonna people aren't gonna want to. Yeah, I mean, similar similar to the Jets, they have a London game, but then the other only other national TV. And no, that's not a national TV game, but like the other national TV games they have are Thursday night against the Panthers, and then a Monday night against the Saints. Again, another team on there quite a lot. How, how did the Raiders get so many more? I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, watched the Dolphins late in the season play a a Thursday night game against. Vegas and Vita. Yeah, they. I mean, they, the Dolphins played a bunch of barn burners down the stretch. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I. I don't. I don't understand. Now that. Fitzpatrick was way more interesting to watch last year than Tua. That's true. <laughs> but and he's not. He's I mean, they must. I mean, there must be also just something of of you know Raiders driving ratings. No, not that. That was a bar though. It didn't mean. I didn't mean it to be. <laughs> but I, I, that's to me. That's got to be it. Like right. Like. Yeah, there must be. Yeah, there must be. I mean, look, they're one of the pre. Historical franchises in the NFL. And the Dolphins are up there as well, but they're not. They're not the Raiders. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I and to, and then, to uh, me, I guess I, in a little bit of fairness to them, like they did kind of front load the national TV games. You know, again, two of them in the first month, then the third one <laughs> in the middle right. of the season against a rival in the Super Bowl. You know, you know the AFC champions. So, you know that fair is fair with that. And okay, you got the Cowboys on on Thanksgiving. That's a late one, but you know, before that, the other all the other ones, they're kind of earlier. So it made it feel like, look if they the NFL, we'll we'll get the ratings because the Raiders are on national, and then you know we'll put them on national, you know, Thanksgiving because you know we want to have marquee team against the Cowboys, and then we'll get them out of there, but we'll get the cheap rating of them playing the Chiefs because it's Mahomes. That Cowboys Raiders game has a has a chance to be dreadful. Yes, but like, oh, it has a chance to be dreadful. On, like on top of the fact that you're talking about, like I also feel like the cow. Like, I feel like the NFL has done the Raiders and Cowboys on Thanksgiving like a couple of times. And I'm like, why do they keep doing this? I don't. Yeah, I don't no, want to see the Raiders it, and the Cowboys. It never works. Now, maybe this is like maybe because there's no reason to believe that both these teams are gonna stink. But maybe it's just my own like trauma of seeing like the Raiders and Cowboys over. Yeah, the last we've seen it at least twice. Years yeah, be just you know, be conchos. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and we've seen this matchup at least two or three times in the last 15 years on Thanksgiving. So to put the Raiders on, on Cowboys, 
uh, that just again that just feels like a game where you're gonna you could have two teams that are like I don't know what that what two and eight two and nine if it's like in week twelve two and ten uh, or like two and nine you know three and eight going up against each other now they'll probably be, be they'll probably be better than that but uh, you know if they aren't it's still gonna be interesting which is why it's gonna be dreadful because the talking heads on TV are gonna be talking are gonna be talking about it like it's an interesting game. Yeah, the matchups. Yeah, it's gonna make it more dreadful for me. <laughs> but uh, nah, no, no doubt. But I mean, the it, NFL. You think the NFL certainly thinks that Deshaun Watson is not gonna be playing a whole lot this season, based off of this. At least not. With I'll be team. honest. I don't think it mattered. I don't think they want that guy on national TV. Interesting. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's that's not the guy yeah, we need to be showcasing right now. Yeah, you know. If whether he's suspended, whether he's playing for them, you know they can't control where he goes. And if he goes to a team that's on national TV, then they just got to live with it. But they can control what they can control, which is not putting them in major spotlights this season. So they got the Texans out of here. Yeah, and, and even if him. he's not out there, that cloud that's going to be yeah, because because he's on because you know the announcers got to bring up that he's not out there, and they got to talk about why. It's, it's just just do do away with it. <laughs> Don't even put him in the position yeah. again. One Thursday night game, you try to get through that one, and then you just move on. And who they put who they put them up against? Let's see. Uh, I didn't remember. I don't remember off the top of my head. It Week was three? the Panthers. Oh, Car- yeah, Carolina. Yeah. I mean, like, like there's a great chance nobody will watch that game. <laughs> yeah, like they they really buried them. The only thing helping them in that is Week Three, so people will still be engaged. Yeah, they just they don't see any kind any kind of football. Yeah, yeah storylines and stuff. But what helps is that there's actually a preseason this year. So, like, mm-hmm. which, uh, to me, I'm going to be super excited for the preseason. Um, more so than other years. I don't know how long it is. Um, I don't know. I think they shortened it uh, because they're lengthening the season. But even still, there's going to be watching guys, like, watching these rookie quarterbacks, these rookie receivers. To me, I'll be honest. I think for me, for me, it felt like last season determined that, uh, you know, preseason was unnecessary. It did. People, people get telling me how necessary it was, and then we had one without it. They didn't even have training camp, and it but was fine. You know, but we know what like, it, like it was. It was totally fine. The football was fine. We didn't really have with like super ter- We had some bad class, injuries, but last year's quarterback class, you had Burrow, who obviously was a day one starter, like Wilson and Lawrence will be. Um, and then you had Herbert, who, you know, first of all, we had hard knocks in school with Herbert. But also, like, you know, Tyra Taylor had his unfortunate uh, puncture of his lung or whatever happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know. The Edwards' uh, hands. Yeah. And then Herbert was out there quick. And then Tua was rehabbing. So he wasn't going to play in the preseason anyway. The one, But even then, like, we didn't get to see Jordan Love, which isn't a – it's not. it wasn't a tragedy for last season. But, like – we can't. We don't. We would hate to see that happen for guys like Trey Lance and Justin Fields, um, Mac Jones. Where it's like we want to see these guys play a little bit. You know, even Kyle Trask, just to see is there anything there with these guys. Last year's quarterback class, it wasn't that kind of injury. I don't think. Hmm. Plus, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be great to see Lawrence and Wilson uh, as well. <laughs> true. The yeah, that is true. Um, but yeah, man. Again, just talking about this stuff gets me excited for the NFL season. Um, hopefully, we'll get through it, and it looks like they're going to try to do this as normal as we 
they possibly can, full capacity. Uh, the COVID stuff we're hearing in terms of the administration and where things are headed, things look good. Obviously, it's an it's a unpredictable situation, so we hope that things don't go for the worse and uh, we don't get to see kind of a, a, norm, a normal-ish football season. But if we do, uh, the NFL, I think, did the best they could in terms of the scheduling. There were some things that were a little weird, but all in all, I'm just ready to get some football uh, games in, especially now that my Jets may not be so much of a lasting stock, given that they seem to be headed in the right direction. <laughs> um, but lastly, Kendall, before we get out of here, we got to talk about Tebow. He was signed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's going to get a training camp spot to try to play tight end, a position that he has never played before. To, I guess, his credit, you know, Urban Meyer said that when they worked him out, he says he was not there for the workout, but when they worked him out, he was in just unbelievable conditioning and unbelievable shape. And they brought him in for a second workout when he was there. He was so impressed. He felt like they had to put him on the roster. So Tim Tebow, who's at, what, 36 years old, I believe, has never played tight end, has been out of the NFL for like eight years, eight, nine years, is back in the NFL. And what I see in terms of this conversation is this question of, of is is there some is there something at fault with this happening? With Tebow being able to get to an NFL team, having not played in the NFL for a very long time, having never played tight end, be able to get this opportunity. What do you say? Uh look, to me, uh, you know, I think that this is <laughs> Look, it's certainly suspect roster building from Urban Meyer. Um, you know, I know Trent Baalke is the GM, but all intents and purposes, Urban Meyer is running that running that organization, especially Tim Tebow getting workouts and getting signed to play tight end at 33. I, that didn't seem like something that Trent Baalke had at the top of his uh, priority list when he came on to Jacksonville. Um so yeah, I mean, I think that this is this is look. This is Irving Meyer being a you know former college coach, where you know in college you get to do all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I've seen plenty of college coaches have their son you know on the team and having their son getting more reps than guys that probably were higher recruited or played more and stuff. But who's going to tell them anything? It's their program. And if they're winning games, and you know, certainly they have all of the all to say, even if that's that's a decision that shouldn't be had or shouldn't be made. Um, The problem with this is that they're, first of all, there's only 53 spots on the NFL roster. Now, I know this is only a training camp spot, so it remains to be seen whether or not he'll actually make the 53-man roster. We'll see how he looks in preseason. Maybe we won't. I don't know know if he'll see the field, but assuming he he sees the field, uh, we'll we'll see how he looks in, in, in preseason, but um, you know, I, there's no guarantee he'll make the 53 man roster. Um, but those spots are tremendously, tremendously, tremendously valuable. Um, I, you know, I know there's there's a practice squad, and maybe he'll be a practice squad guy. Which, you know, last year obviously was more more valuable than it normally is. But um, those spots are also valuable, especially if you're talking about a team that deals with injuries. I mean, I when I was with the Eagles, um, you know. Being there week one compared to week 15, first of all, there was a ton of new, ton, ton of different practice squad guys by the time you got to week 15. Oh, and a lot of that was because 
you had a team that dealt with a lot of injuries that season, and the guys who were initially on the practice squad were actually on the roster. So, it, to me, if you're bringing in Tim Tebow, it, it doesn't it, it, it like the tight end is a position where backup tight end in the NFL, third string tight end, fourth string, how many however many tight ends you're keeping on your roster, you want that guy to also have some sort of special teams value. Um, and I don't know if Tim Tebow is going to bring you any any special teams value, given he he's a, he's a quarterback. So I mean, is he blocking? I know. You know, like I mean, if he can he tackle? There's so many, what's his forty time right now? Like there's so many so many questions I have about Tim Tebow right now that um you you can't really answer uh, in terms of you can't answer positively because we haven't seen him play. You can you can have perceptions negative negative perceptions about what you think is. If, um, his game is going to be, and a lot of them would be warranted given he's a 33 year old um, guy who just retired from baseball. You know, um, in terms of look, it, it is, this is not this is not a normal situation. Like this is not a normal situation in terms of uh, <laughs> Tim Tebow being able to be to be, even be able to do this. Um, I I don't. I personally am. I don't. I, I won't say I'm a Tim Tebow fan, but I, I thought I wanted him to be in the league when he was out of the league. Like I didn't like the way his his career ended, but some of it was. Some of it was he, like he wasn't good enough. You know, it yeah. wasn't like he was phased out of the league because uh, of any 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 ulterior stuff. Um, a lot of a lot of the reasons he was phased out of the league, you know, it was. He didn't make the transition to other positions that people thought he would have been better at. I right. thought the guy is a decent quarterback if you play a certain system. NFL teams weren't willing to adapt to that system, uh, especially for a guy that they looked at as, with a backup quarterback grade. And with your backup quarterback, you're not going to have a backup quarterback that you have to change the entire offense for. Right. Unless he's super dynamic, you know. Yeah, unless the guy is special. Right. And. Tebow, he's that very, special. He's going to be starting probably. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, so it didn't. It never made sense for him to be on a roster, and it was unfortunate because the last time we saw him as a starter, he took a team to the postseason. But yeah, I mean, once that opportunity came and went, when Peyton Manning showed up, that was that was it. But bringing him now as a tight end, how, however many years it's been, five, six, seven years. I mean, that to me is uh Look, I, as, I, as I said with the draft, when it looked like the 49ers were going to draft Mac Jones, um, I'm not mad at the 49ers. It's their team. If they make the mistake, that's on them. The Jaguars want to sign Tim Tebow, and they – I mean, again, I'd be shocked if he makes 53, man. But if he, even, even if he's a practice squad guy, like if, if, if they sign him and he makes the team or he makes the practice squad, like that's on them. You know, you know, and they if they think he can help them win football games. I, I don't see it personally, but you know, I guess more power to them. You know, I I don't I don't buy it, but um, that's all I got to say about that. Look, the one thing I think people keep missing when it comes to this Tebow thing, and I'm gonna be clear, I don't I don't really Tebow is Tebow. He's doing what he's always done. So this idea that I'm somebody's gonna be super mad at him, I understand it. It's not me. I'm not super mad at Tebow because this is what he's always done. This idea that he could just drop anything ahead and just do anything he wants because his name and his fame gets him in the door. That's this is what we saw with the baseball thing. 
and now he's doing it with the NFL. But I think what people are missing, though, is this obvious. This is obvious what went down. He was, you know, whatever his baseball career was going, it, it didn't seem to be going great. Uh, he was a 33-year-old minor. I said 36. It was a 33-year-old minor leaguer. Big league didn't look like it was in the cards for him. So he retired. But let's rewind it back just a month before because that retirement looks very convenient when he retires only a month after homeboy Herb gets the job. Let's be honest. This was a hookup. He was probably tired of playing high school, you know, minor league baseball, riding the bus. He realized it wasn't going to work out for him in terms of being in the big leagues. He saw his boy. Got an NFL job. The only guy that would even think about giving him an NFL position on a roster. And probably called him up and said, yo, what are the chances? If I get in the right shape, if I try to do my best, I know maybe I can't be a quarterback, but I'll do anything to get on the team. What, what, is, what are the chances? And Herb probably told him pretty good because Herb thinks the world of Tim Tebow. So Tim Tebow retired. <laughs> so, and he don't need the money from minor league baseball. I mean, he he don't need the money from even the NFL. I mean, he's a extremely successful dude, so he could literally do anything. Um, but I mean, he is a competitive guy. I have no doubt that he actually does want to, you know, play football. I think he wants to do something. I don't think he wants to do baseball. I think he wants to be or in TV. the limelight or yeah. TV. Yeah, I think he wants to. I think he wants to be competitive. He's a competitor. He was right. an ultra competitor in college. Yeah, so I think he wants to. I think he wants to be in the in the grind. So I think that he was like, "Oh, if I can get on an NFL team, I'll do anything." And he found one guy that could, would maybe give him a job. So then he retired, and then just he got a hookup. People get hookups and jobs all the time. It, it is what it is. Um, but I'm tired. Of, you know, I don't want people got to stop acting like it's anything other than that. That's obvious what happened. He retired. He retired a month after Homeboy got the job. The only place, well, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say the only place, only coach that would consider this guy an NFL player, the only city that would consider this guy an NFL player. It it was he saw that he saw the tea leaves. Yeah, the perfect storm. Like he he read the room. Like, like anyone else, no one, no, no NFL fan is right now is no even no football fan, not even Florida fan, were thinking. Three weeks ago or a month ago, about Tim Tebow in the slightest. Being about an anything. NFL player, right? Yeah, or yeah, or about anything. He, he retired from baseball. It was like, oh, I guess. I mean, that didn't that thing didn't work. He, you know, it, you could tell with working with ESPN that he. I think they wanted him to be bigger than he wanted to be. Like, I agree with that. I one hundred percent. I feel that. like he kind of. I think if he wanted to be what Greg McElroy is at ESPN, he probably could have done that. But I think deep down he probably was like, I really don't want to be Kirk Herbstreit. Like I want to be, I want to play. <laughs> you know, like I'm 33. So I think he, you know, he kind of just did the the SEC Network thing and kind of buried himself in that corner. But like, I think we we were nobody was really thinking about Tim Tebow. But and when Urban Meyer got the job, still no one's thinking about Tim Tebow. They're thinking about Urban Meyer, and then he had this little controversy with. The strength coach Chris Doyle, and they're thinking about Trevor Lawrence and what every what's gonna what's gonna be the deal with Trevor Lawrence. When Tim Tebow, from his perspective, he's thinking, "Oh, my college coach just got the job at my hometown NFL team. Yeah, I don't don't want to do this. I'm only 33. I really don't want to do the TV thing. I don't really want to do the baseball thing. It was all it's all gimmicks. Right. I feel like I can still play athletically." Let me call. Let me call him up. No one's thinking about that, but Tim Tebow, 
I'm sure Urban Meyer probably wasn't thinking about it. I mean, no, he got the I yeah, I don't think he was either. He's thinking about, oh man, this is gonna be great to coach Trevor Lawrence. Right, yeah, thinking, it, oh, yeah. wouldn't it be great to get Tim Tebow? Yeah. But like you say, Tebow probably gave him a call, and he was like, ah, why not? I mean, the word is that Urban Meyer tried to get Alex Smith to mentor Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And but Alex Smith was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> he did what was you know probably yeah, responsible. Man. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, uh, he's uh, we're happy that he's just uh, standing healthy and good. Please, that man, just enjoy your family and the rest of your career and the rest of your, I mean, rest of your life and the rest of your yeah. millions of dollars. No, I think I'm it would have been an awesome experience for Trevor Lawrence. It would have been. Um, and now that is the one aspect of this that I look. I think it's overrated, but I think if you could sell me on er, Tebow is going to be again, I can't. It's hard for me to make a football personnel argument as to why Tim Tebow should make the 53-man roster. But as I saw with the Eagles, being on the 53-man roster is overrated. Um, he doesn't need the money. So he, if he's on the practice squad even, now, again, from a football standpoint, I don't think that that makes much sense. But Tebow being on—now, Tebow could be in the building as a coach. He doesn't have to be a player. That's what people—that's what I don't get as well, is that— Tebow could have been the assistant tight end coach, you know, or the assistant special teams coach and like been on the sidelines and doing it with all the exact same things. But you know, he doesn't have to be actually, he could be in the building and helping Trevor Lawrence without, or the assistant quarterbacks coach, uh, which made probably makes more sense considering he's played quarterback before. But, but it, just to play along with what they're trying to do, I could see a scenario where if he even is on the practice practice squad, Week in and week out, he's in the building with Trevor Lawrence, with a lot of those young players. And Tebow, at this point, he's 33. He is a vet. He hasn't been in the league for a long time, so there's a lot of there's gonna be a lot of catching up for him to do about the modern NFL. But he is still, I mean, he's still the ultra again, the ultra competitor, the ultra leader. Now, what's that ultra leader like when he's the third string tight end versus like the franchise quarterback? That's the that's the problem, man. And, I, and I'll be honest, I think that. No, Trevor is. I think Trevor's a very impressionable, uh, respectable young man. So I think that he's gonna any any older dude that's trying to give him any game. I think he's gonna be very respectful too. But I'd be honest, like you know, we we talk about it all the time. Like we can't just assume that like Trevor Lawrence just is like thinks the world of Tim Tebow, considering how old he is and when Tebow was playing. Like he might not have been that hot with Tebow. So he's you know, a old, yeah, yeah, and he's a Tennessee fan. Like, so yeah, he may hate him, fun. right? Yeah, so so like so so to me like you know I don't know this old dude coming in trying to spit game he's a third string tight end can't catch like I I don't know I don't know if Trevor Lawrence cares what Tim Tebow has to say now everybody no, who's around, everybody's around Tebow who says and will say that he's a very he's just a very inspirational dude like that's what any when it is, look, ESPN baseball don't, like, don't so maybe that's the case but I don't know I you know normally I don't bring up you know we don't we don't we almost never bring up religion on this show but. Both of those guys are very, very Devote deep Catholics. into their faith. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I think that I don't be surprised that's a connection that could also be made between those two guys. But um, I again, I don't. I, I again, I'd be very surprised if Tebow was on the roster. Um, I'll just say this: I feel like you know, shout out to Steve Weiss from NFL Network. Um, he was very harsh about this signing. He called it cronyism, which is why I brought up the stuff about what went down. Because I mean, that's what it is. This is cronyism. I mean, it's, 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 there's no, there, look, there's no way, 
considering the young guys you have, the skilled guys you have that are fighting tooth and nail to get on an NFL roster, that play tight end. <laughs> there's no way you can tell me Thibodeau is the best guy you can find. It's, it's just there's no way. Not at, this I, state, not at this stage of his career. No, yeah, exactly. Not at 33 years old having not played football. Maybe he's 25 or 26. Maybe he's like a Taysom Hill. You could convince me that. I would say, okay, I could see that. I don't. I, I would. I would maybe even go along with that. There's no way you could tell me at 33 years old having played football. I do think there is something to not taking these hits he hasn't taken in all these years. But I still also think um, not playing football also doesn't help him either. So. You know, there's there's no way that's the best guy you could have found. And look, you're wait to me, you're wasting a roster spot. Like there's like Tim Tebow at 33 years old is not going to turn into Rob Gronkowski. If he turns into a starter, that's a miracle. So that's a spot that could have gone to a guy you could develop, a guy that you know, and it doesn't have to be a tight end. It could be at any position. You know, you could have developed a corner, you could develop a safety or lineman, a guy who was a special teams ace. Like that, like you need all fifty three guys on your roster. People think that oh, that's a lot of guys in football, but the injury, the the attrition that goes on through a season, you get through that depth chart pretty deep. By the time you get through the end of the regular season, you can't just have just guys on the roster. And yeah, to me, that's what Tebow is at this point. He can prove us yeah, all it's wrong. A, it's just a, a random body. Yeah, he can prove us all wrong, and and maybe that's the case, and he'll be great. But this was cronyism. This was Urban just looking out for his guy and feeling like, well, this guy. What would you feel worse he, about? He doesn't bring anything to the table as a player necessarily, but, I mean, he'll be good in the locker room. I'll have a guy who I can trust in the locker room. I think that's important to Urban in, regard, in terms of being a college coach, come into yeah. the NFL. Like, And I don't, I'll be honest. I don't. I think his teammates are going to look at this sideways. I think Tebow will win them over because yeah. he wins everybody over. But I think initially people are going to be like, is this guy with us or is he – with Urban. Because yeah. you know how an NFL locker room is, Kendall. There's the yeah. coaching staff, and then there's the players. Absolutely. And you on, you either on one side or the other. And any play, co- players who they feel like are kind of more in the pocket of the coach, especially that guy ain't no star, they look at him suspect. And that's going to be the case in Jacksonville, I think, in the first few weeks. Again, Tebow is the ultimate team guy. I think he'll win them over. But that 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 is that's going to be a problem, I think, early on. And this looks ridiculous. Jeff Darlington already reported there's been some some sideways feelings in that building after this move. And I again, I told you this when this, when this signing happened. We talked about it. and I was like, I don't know if Urban Meyer thing's gonna work, man. I don't know. I don't even know if I said that. I think I said. I that mean, after, Urban made some suspect moves. He hired that crazy dude before. I had Chris Doyle. You know, I mean, again. The Lawrence pick, you can't really mess yeah, up. Yeah, it's not the Lawrence pick. You know, but, but then you draft a running back, a third string, a third down running back. Yeah, who just happened to be his teammate. With a second first round yeah, pick, just his teammate. Like, I don't think he's running this as well he, as. He's Charles running this organization like he's playing Madden. You know, honestly, right? I don't, like, you think about it, like, he's like, yo, I want to, I, 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 I imported the rosters. Let me add the running back with the quarterback. Yo, Tim Tebow is a free agent. I'm putting him at tight end. Like, that's, that's some Madden stuff. Like yeah, that it's is not some, real football. That and, is some Madden stuff. And again, maybe it'll work. You know, just just because everybody does it the same but way, again, all 31, 32 teams doesn't mean they're all right. But he's doing it in a different way. The problem that happens with a lot of college coaches, the ones that typically don't work, is that he's disregarding actual like team dynamics and team politics. Yeah. That in college football aren't a factor because the coach is the end all be all of everything. 
The NFL is not the case. And he's like, and he's also disregarding like PR, just like with like the whole yeah, Doyle exactly. hiring, you know. Which again is also also like in college you can like manipulate that. Yeah, you know you, you can't do that as easy in the NFL. So it, it's it, it, it to me, you know, he made some comments about you know he doesn't like he he doesn't like um the players opting out of you know. OTAs and stuff like just again he's he's thinking about this like like it's a college team and it's like yeah they can't do that in college yeah, where if you're know. gonna you're gonna cut them or you're gonna bench them like every everything Urban is doing it may work out but all I can say is he's making every misstep I've seen every college coach do like he's especially just, like you trying to instill you're trying to instill confidence in that in that ball club the only thing right now that he's done. To instill any confidence in from a, and they look they've made some inter- they made some interesting signings in free agency some guys that that should certainly help them Shaquille Griffin, um in the secondary brought in Marvin Jones as a, a veteran receiver like they like they, they, they tried, tried to make some moves, but but the the only move that really instilled any confidence in that team is drafting Trevor right you know is like all right at the end of the day if this kid is as special as everyone says which. You know, I think Fields is a very popular player, probably around the league amongst players. But these, the, all these guys around the league hear the stuff about Trevor Lawrence, and I think they buy it. Like he's not Mac Jones, where it's like there was going to be a whole lot of, uh, you know, doubt from players in their locker room about how good this guy is. I think there's serious, there's probably serious, uh, you know, real expectations for Lawrence in that locker room. So I think they're they're certainly excited about that. But other than that. I mean, getting Tim Debo again. That just I, that if you're a player in that locker room, you're wondering what is going on. Mm. This is again. There's only 53 men on the yeah. roster now. Again, <laughs> it's only training camp. I don't want to. Yeah, he, he, he might not make that roster. Yeah. yeah, we watch hard knocks all the time. You know, 20 guys get cut, 30 guys get cut. Right. You know, he may not make it out of the first week, but again, that's like that's a, that's a spot that you didn't give another young guy a look at. And yeah. You know, and, that's, and and that's that's Urban a problem. Meyer like that's if, like that's a problem. Him months later, right? I I don't know if Urban Meyer is gonna have the guts to cut Tim Tebow, which is not good. If I was to that, you saying that if I was a Jaguar fan, I'd be terrified. If that if, if that's the truth, I don't know. I, I I feel like I feel like he would, but if that's the truth, then EJ, what would you feel worse about? Would you feel worse if they would have signed him as the third quarterback behind Gardner Minshew or the tight end? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, worse. What about what I felt worse about? What would you have said? This is a this is a travesty. Now, I think the, I honestly I think the quarterback thing would be worse. As crazy as that sounds, I and of course there there's been the the comparisons to Colin Kaepernick with this. I mean, there I compared the two, and guys I think they're I think they're act. I know there are some people that feel like it's not. I think there are there are absolute. Parallels. Now, I, I think that there, I, I mean, I when Kaepernick is throughout these years, there's been a lot of, um, you know, throughout the, all the all the Kaepernick stuff, I've I've always made the analogy that I think it, a lot of what he's going through is similar in some ways to to Tebow, just Tebow. A lot of it is based off of his Circus. actual game, you know. Yeah, yeah, in game, yeah. Um, but. But but that you know that Tebow I thought was also probably a guy that could have 
you know, it was probably when he retired better than some of the backup quarterbacks there in the league. But um, for whatever reason, without a league, um, I like if he was if he played a quarterback or if they told him you're going to be the quarterback. Now that that Kaepernick thing is like, oh yeah, well, it's just yeah, Tebow crazy. Are you? I mean, now it, there's always, of course there's differences in the situation now, but you know. I don't know. I, to, yeah, like, I almost. I just think with the reason why, only reason why I say quarterback is I feel like there is some mystery with tight end. Like we we know he can't play quarterback <laughs> in the NFL. Right. We know that. We've seen it with tight end. It seems highly unlikely, but who the hell do? What do we really know? I mean, we've seen basketball players turn into great tight ends. Yeah. Now that's like trivializing how difficult it is to be an NFL tight end. We talked about it. It's incredibly hard. But, Throughout the draft process with Kyle Pitts, man, mm-hmm. like the tight end is one of the toughest it is positions in the league to play, especially for a guy new at the position or young or young player. You have to be able to you have to know your team's entire blocking scheme and and all the passing routes and all the passing routes all and all the passing concepts. Yeah. You have to be able you you have to be willing to. To, to to throw a block on Chase Young on the edge, yeah. yeah, and on the next play be able to go across the middle with Jamal Adams getting ready yeah. to take or your Marcus, head off. Yeah, oh exactly. Or Derwin, <laughs> Derwin know, James. Like, Derwin James is waiting for you. Yeah, Derwin James or you know Devin White. Like yeah, it takes a tremendous amount of toughness, a tremendous amount of which we know Tebow has toughness and grit, but he also doesn't. He, I don't know if he can block. <laughs> I've never seen him block. We don't know if he can block. We know if he can catch. We I don't know, know any of this. Catch. He's I mean, never played tight time. end. Like it's not even like, oh, he played it in high school or he played it. Like, <laughs> there's no evidence that he can play tight end. And those guys, those basketball players you're talking about, the Jimmy Grahams or the Antonio Gateses of the world, those guys are, were incredible athletes. Yeah, they're way better athletes than Tim Tebow. They're not. They're not signing. They weren't signing Jimmy Graham because he was gritty. <laughs> right. He's a good locker room guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a great locker room guy. It's not because he's six six, runs a four six. Yeah, forty yard, forty inch vertical. Vertically. Right. Exactly. Like Tim Tebow has none of those things, right? Especially yeah. at thirty-three years old. So yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, you know, from a football perspective. Oh man, shout out, shout out to Tim Tebow. I mean, I hope, I hope Mark Vital, Mark Vital from Baylor yeah. would have been a much better investment. Yeah, at least he's a young guy you could develop, and then there's an upside he's there. Six five, two fifty. With like a forty forty vertical leap. Yeah, I, I I'm more more interested to see whether or not that guy can play tight end Tim <laughs> That's gonna be a good place to wrap the show this week, guys. So thank you all so much for checking out this edition of New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. That's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. I wanna give a big shout out to our uh, viewers on, on YouTube, particularly People who watch our last video, we did a, a scouting um, kind of discussion on some of the uh, big takeaways from the Iverson Classic. That was a high school basketball All-American game that tipped off last weekend. Chet Holmgren, Paolo Bancaro, Michael Foster, a lot of big-name players were Ty there. Ty Washington just committed to Kentucky. Ty Ty Washington did just commit to Kentucky. I'm glad you brought up Kentucky. That's why I was also talking more about this. I want to shout out Big Blue Nation. Because um, I feel like Big Blue Nation has really held us down on YouTube in terms of watching our content, engaging with it, enjoying it. So 
we don't give enough shout outs to I think some of our listeners and viewers, uh, you know, particularly to Kentucky Big Blue Nation, especially because you know we don't we're not like you know we get we hard on Kentucky. We you know we're not just <laughs> saying Kentucky's winning that championship every year. We're hard on Kentucky. They know it when they watch our stuff, but they still come back and they still like it. And they still and they show love. So I, I want to make sure I show them love as well. So once again, if you want to catch all that kind of content, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod. Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow us individually on social media. You can find Kendall on Twitter, New Gen Ken. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.